It's time. Finally, a show for you. A once-a-week extravaganza, giving you the weekend's movies, the week's cons and entertainment events, what is worth watching on television for the week, the weekly comic book, novel, game, and collectible releases, as well as entertainment news and information. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture. It's Pop Culture Kaboom with your host, Jimmy Jones. Hello, world. Welcome to the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show, New Year's Eve special. For all of our listeners in the United Kingdom, Australia, Greece, Nigeria, it, India, Italy, and the Philippines, Happy New Year, since you already had your uh, New Year's celebrations. Right. And if you're still listening, uh, thank you for staying up and listening now. Uh, Spencer Stoner is here. Rob Nalt is behind the big board and prepared to take your calls. And I, your not-so-humble host of all things Pop Culture Boone, Jimmy Jones. Well, I'm here to run my mouth. And tonight, we will give you everything you want, everything you need from pop culture entertainment with the latest news and information from the past week and sneak peeks at releases coming up out for next week. The Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show is also your place on the radio dial to talk about your favorite fandoms. Tonight we'll be joined by Quizmaster Scott of Sporkle Pub Quiz for Scott for our weekly Sporkle Pub Quiz question. And we will have in the studio this evening one Mr. Mark Helton of 97 to Now Productions. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and he's going to be here to tell us everything about Kaboom Con because uh, tickets, the pre sale tickets, do go on sale tonight at 12.01 a.m. That is correct, sir. Actually, it's 12 and 1 second. 12 and 1 second a.m. So if you uh, are in the uh, northern Nevada area and you want to go into the first ever pop, cult, pop culture uh, extravaganza, shall we say? It celebrates the seven pillars of pop culture entertainment, kind of like uh, what we talk about every week. Um, it is uh, going to be Carson City's first ever. Um, comic book convention and pop culture expo, Absolutely. shall we say. So um, it's going to be interesting to hear all about that. Uh, we're also going to be talking with you regarding the upcoming uh, uh, voice acting auditions for the upcoming sci-fi thriller Oak Bridge. Indeed. Fantastic series. And uh, whatever else is going on with 97 and Now Productions heading into 2024. Too much. Too much. Too much. <laughs> Too much. So, so enough to fill a show. Uh, yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. So that we'll be talking with him in studio. He'll also be adding his thoughts and comments on stuff as well, uh, considering he does do the Fat and Black Connection, um, which is a week, Wednesday night at 7 p.m.? I I don't even know when we go live. <laughs> so it's usually 8 p.m., but it depends. You know, some days we go late, PM, later, okay. sometimes we go earlier, so... I'm, yeah, but you can always catch a recording of it if you were late. Yeah, Absolutely. I, like I do, I repost it on the Facebook, uh, Pop Culture Kaboom Facebook page um, in the news feed. If you want to go and check that out weekly. Um, I've been having to work <laughs> on Wednesday nights lately, so I'm like... It happens. <laughs> That's what I say. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's almost up to like half whack levels. Oh, I was thinking the penguin. <laughs> <laughs> 60s. Burgess Meredith style. Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah. The best penguin in my humble opinion. So if you'd like to add your thoughts and comments, uh, talk about your favorite fandoms, or speak with our guest, you can call 775-515-4141. Or if you're too shy for the phones, you can send a DM through the Facebook page like Eric in Whittier, California does weekly. He's like an unofficial, official part of the show. And he has to say so far... 
I'll get to it eventually. <laughs> if, if my computer. Uh, yeah, see, you're keeping us, uh, you know. In oh boy, here we shiver go. Yeah, so. With anticipation. Uh, yeah, he says, "Happy Peace. New Year to all of you at Pop Culture Gaboom." Thank you, sir. Happy New Year, Happy New Year to you, sir. Even though you're in California, you'll be celebrating it at the same time we will. Yep. <laughs> I bet you'll be eating that cookie. So I see that you're eating a cookie there, as a matter of fact. And I, yeah, I do cookie have to that ask, you brought with you. You know, over on the Fat and Black Connection, we do like to start our shows off talking about food and drinks. And you are eating uh, one of my wife's world-famous pistachio cookies. Uh, what do you think? Very good. Yeah, the rest, of us, the rest of us are responsible radio hosts that will wait until and the next <laughs> As Jimmy pushes the cookies towards you for you to give him a shot. I know, right? There you go, Spencer. This will keep it quiet for a bit. <laughs> no, it won't. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, uh, all kinds of stuff going on. Um, if you want to comment on us uh, on the Facebook page, feel free. Now, like Whittier, uh, like Eric does in Whittier, California. Or you can send us an email, and, that, and we'll be... Uh, you can reach us by email 24-7 uh, with comments, questions, and concerns. You can send your email to popculturekaboom at gmail.com. And you must follow these simple but very important instructions. In the subject line, put question, comment, concern, or my fandom. In the body of the email, please add your first name only. No last name is needed, uh, but a name is required because I will not read email addresses on the air. Also include the city and state or the city and country that you live in. Then fire away with what's on your mind. I respond to each and every email. If you have something specific question for Spencer or Rob, I will forward the email to them to respond back to you. Bear in mind, emails will be read on the air unless you specify for them not to be or you can't follow those simple instructions. So first up is Alma in Reno, Nevada. Uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Do you plan on giving away movie tickets in 2024 for specific movies like Deadpool 3? I guess you just really wants to see Deadpool 3. <laughs> uh, yes. A uh, subtle hint there, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, we will. Um, and a lot of movies are coming out this coming year, too. Mm-hmm. So a lot Maybe of good ones. Maybe we should ones. do a uh, Pop Culture Kaboom exclusive screening. Um, well, <laughs> I've thought about doing that, um, but I'll uh, talk to the uh, management over at uh, Galaxy Theaters about that. But uh, usually it involves uh, renting the uh, theater out. Yeah. So you got to make make your money yeah. back on that. So. Well, it's a good thing you have a great produ- production company for, for your podcast. So. <laughs> I, yeah. I, think, I think Mark was hinting at something there. Like. <laughs> hint, hint, wink, wink. Uh, I think he's hinting he really wants to see the movie. <laughs> if so, will they be for theaters in Reno? No, they yeah, won't. I can tell you right now. Unfortunately. Well, well it's yeah. unfortunately you for her. Further so- oh, yeah, well, well for well. her. I was about to say, why are you saying unfortunately? You yeah. live further south than I do. Yeah, well, with Reno. the freeway, Carson City is not that big big of a deal of a jaunt. 20, I, 25 minutes for me tonight. Depending on where you are in Carson City, though. Or, and depending and on where you're you going in, in Reno. Reno, yeah. yeah so, but no, I, I don't usually make trips up to Reno. I'm too busy. Busy. It's hard enough just to get there around places. Just ask Rob. <laughs> Robert over at Dreamwell. It's uh, hard for me to sometimes get into theirs. Um, are you going to give away tickets to events in Reno? Yes, I am. Because uh, um, unfortunately, a majority of the events are in Reno, except for KaboomCon this year. So, uh, well, that and the uh, um, a bunch of uh, C5 has a bunch of stuff happening this coming year as well that I'll be talking about, as well as um, uh, the Silver State Storytellers also has a bunch of events going mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. In, in the Carson City area that I'll be talking about later as well. Uh, Jonathan from, I can't pronounce this. Sunapee, S-U-N-A-P-E-E. Sounds okay. good. Okay. Yeah, it works for me. Sunapee, New Hampshire. What a weird name. 
Always funny hearing someone like you trying really hard to be one of the cool kids. I bet you don't even really do half the stuff. I forgot about this email for it until I started rereading it again. <laughs> uh, do half the stuff you claim and have a con named after you is, is the height of arrogant. Um, I didn't name it. Um, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. So here's the, here's the best part. You want to recap the story? Yeah, sure. So uh, so this is Mark from 97 Now Productions. And I was attending a con last year or earlier this year. And while sitting there, I was formulating ideas with my business partner. And we decided, we thought, hey, we could probably try this and, and give it a go. And uh, I reached out to you because you do... You do talk about a lot of cons. You have a lot of knowledge. You attend a lot of cons. And so I was like, what do you think? And you were like... Well, uh, hold on. Uh, Perbatim, you went, hey, I was thinking about doing a con. (laughs) Yes, yes. And like lightning speed round, I went, in Carson? (laughs) And you're like, there was dead silence for like four times as long as it took me to answer that. (laughs) And then you went... No, <laughs> it wasn't my first thought that to to be truthful, but the fact that one has never happened here uh, really sold me on it. And the fact of, OK, we can start in a smaller market and see if we can do it. Uh, so I went back to my partner, shared some of the feedback that you had and decided, well, if we're going to do it, we need to have a tie in with the community. And there's Pop Culture Kaboom who is already in the community, established, well-known, and is representative of the seven pillars of pop culture entertainment, why not just get the tie-in? So I reached out to you and said, what do you think about this? And you actually didn't want to do it. You you were like, no. Well, I didn't, I didn't. You didn't like me taking the name, potentially. Yes. I didn't want you using the name. And, and I cited that reason, too, because mm-hmm. it sounds kind of pretentious. Uh, I'm involved <laughs> with something called Kaboom Con. But, um, uh well, hold on a second. Was there more to the story, or was that it? No, I think that, no. There's more to it. Okay. Uh, but Eric interrupted about a fortune cookie. Uh, your fortune from my final fortune cookie. Your leadership talent bringing bringing you an incredible opportunity. Okay. Awesome. There you go. Good luck, Eric. No, I think that was for us. He said oh. your fortune. <laughs> oh, well, oh, that's awesome. Awesome. very good. Well, thanks. I, I think that, uh, that that sounds like it was a good thing coming. Yeah. Right. I'll take it. I don't know what kind of archaic rituals he's performing to make it our fortune cookie, but got okay. A Ouija board out, <laughs> candles. A it's the hologram. Circle, it's yeah. the hologram fortune cookie. Hologram. All right. There we go. That always works. Gene Simmons hologram. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, as long as it plays music. Right. Um, so yeah. So um, and then you came to me and you pitched that idea and I was like mm, about the name, but you know. I'm like, and I sold you. I I explained my logic, and and I won you over. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm like, well, I'm not the one putting it on, so I didn't want to bad juju you because obviously, you know, from Alma, you know, thinking, no, not Alma, uh, Jonathan here, mm-hmm. uh, thinking I'm uh, arrogant for naming it after the show or something. Haters gonna hate. Yeah, they are. It, there's more too, by the way. Oh, please continue. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> see, it, I, lifetime of not a lifetime, but a long time being in this. Well, kind thank of you for the business story. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you didn't know about that? No, you never oh. told us. Yeah, I know. I'm bad at that. Uh, he, he also goes on to say, uh, trying to be a shock jock like Howard Stern and all. It's a shame you're such an imitator. What? How are we being shocked? Uh, I don't know. Jock. When's the last time you had a, somebody in here with a Zibian? Well, the what? What? Never mind. Okay, but well, seriously, yeah. like I, 
there's no ever gotcha moments ever on our show. Yeah, I think at the closest all. we had, we had a comic book creator that had that that we had to work really hard to make sure we said the name of the comic very properly. Right. Well, <laughs> and that was about as shocking as we get. Right? To be fair, you guys are the reason that there's a dump button here, right? <laughs> yes, well, 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 not, not, not specifically. <laughs> One of our buttons. guests, yeah. but it's yeah. this show's fault, right? So yes. yeah, yeah. Well, just just saying. Well, either our fault or to our credit. I mean, I guess it depends on your perspective. Fair enough. Yeah, indeed. All right, so let's move on. Uh, sorry, Jonathan, you think that way. Um, I don't have. I'm lucky for you. I have a thick skin. I just kind of replied back to him. Ha 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 ha. Huh. Um, <laughs> but I don't know what this Howard Stern references. I never really listened to Howard Stern, so I don't know what the whole shock jock. Thing yeah, I'm not. Is. I don't yeah, know because we means. we follow FCC regulations, and we never Didn't really he? push boundaries. I mean, he was on the. Air well, yeah, but like he pushed ever. the boundaries. Uh, yeah, things and you know, I don't know some of the things I've said have pushed boundaries. Trust me. Um, but anyway, no, um, we're, we're trust me, we're nowhere near that level. <laughs> I don't know if this person ever listens to the show, quite honestly. He must have listened once. I okay. mean, I just probably didn't agree with something that I said, which would not surprise me, but oh well. We don't agree all the time with you. I, I completely see that. <laughs> I, I, I completely understand that, too, So, by the way. Uh, Brandon from San Jose, California. Hello, have, Brandon. My old, my old place. Really? San Jose? Yeah. Uh, I used I to live in, uh, where was it? Uh, Cooper, I uh, used to go to work in Campbell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also worked in Sunnyvale. I used to live in Mountain View. So. I lived in and then I lived Cupertino. Off. I worked I, in Sunnyvale, Santa Clara. Uh, so yeah, I used to Gar, uh, Gilroy. True story. Um, <laughs> I used to work out at the 49ers training camp in uh, okay. Santa Clara before they built that stadium down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a buddy of mine who was a uh, full-time police officer, part-time, uh, part-time police officer, worked full-time security for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. He doesn't work there anymore, so I can talk about it on the air. Um <laughs> He said he he called me up one day because he was trained me in police holds and all this other mm-hmm. stuff because the kind of job that I do, and he goes, uh, "Hey, uh, I need someone to work out with me." He was one of these guys who was like five foot six, but really buffed Stocky, out. Yeah. Oh, well, he was muscular too. He like really worked out. Um, yeah, he, he wasn't a stocky like like me enjoying too many cookies. Stocky, I wouldn't necessarily call. <laughs> I it don't stocky, call you stocky. But... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But anyway, I'm not fat. I'm big man. Yeah. Um, he said, "Hey, you want to work out with me?" I'm like, eh, "Sure, why not?" I need to make sure I, you know, maintain. Uh-huh. And I go, "Sure." He goes, "Well, it'd be after midnight after I get off work," and I'm like, "Yeah, that's no problem. I'm up, you know, all the time anyway." He goes, "It's at the 49ers training camp, so you got to sign all these waivers. So if you hurt yourself because you're stupid, you know, they can't sue." I'm like. At the time, I'm like, Fortnite string cam? Hey, why not? I'll do, I'll do that. So, yeah, I, so I got to meet a lot of the uh, old players. Um, um, Eric Davis, before he went to uh, the Panthers. I met uh, Elvis Gerback before he went to uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. He was really tall. I was, like, surprised by how tall these people were. Um, what's his name? Something or other Burton. He was one of the linemen. Uh, saw Tom Rathman's locker. <laughs> uh, and the funniest thing is, is that you go down to all the lockers have their pictures mm-hmm. above them, I guess, in case for concussions or whatever. Oh, there's my locker. Um, but the kickers <laughs> had the section for the kickers. I, I swear it was like major pro sports high school because <laughs> it looked like high school lockers there were just these uh, a row of little metal lockers yeah and the rest of them were these big k- fancy kickers get ones. no respect none absolutely no none <laughs> uh eric says round is a shape so <laughs> round is a shape <laughs> 
dang, Ron, and dang, Eric, you're just getting crazy. Yeah. Um, he, but no, I don't. He's sassy today. Uh, yeah, so we have a lot of good cons in the uh, here in the South Bay. Will you guys be attending any of them? Um, probably not. Yeah. Um, travel for is the main reason, and paying for travel, and et cetera, et cetera. And being able to do remotes of our shows. And yeah. That, it's that, a lot of logistics stuff. Oh, yeah, especially with doing remotes. That's always a big, huge pain. Uh, Sue from Carson City, Nevada. Thank you for giving me something to laugh at Sunday nights. You guys are funny and informative. Can't wait to go to KaboomCon. Um, well, you can make sure you get Woo-woo. your tickets tonight at 12 Twelve a.m. Oh, twelve dot twelve and one second <laughs> zero zero dot zero one a.m. And that was yeah. the, that's the configuration I was looking for yeah. numerically. And make um, sure you're not using Internet Explorer because by then you'll be loading it up next week. Really? Is isn't Edge like? Does Internet Explorer still even exist anywhere? It still exists, but yeah, it, it was replaced with Edge, but it's still funny, you know, to talk about Internet Explorer to oh, me. Okay. okay. I'm old. What can I say? Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't go with, uh, what was that, Yahoo? <laughs> <laughs> Opera. Opera. Web crawler. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> web grind to a halt. <laughs> Squelch. All right. So if you want to send us an email, you can reach us 24-7, popculturekaboom at gmail.com. Uh, there are only 251 days until Carson City, Nevada's first ever pop culture and comic book convention, KaboomCon. 97 to Now Productions, a.k.a. Mark Helton. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be putting on KaboomCon Saturday, September 7th, 2024. 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. You can follow KaboomCon on Facebook to keep up with details on all the vendors, sign up for the art contest and the cosplay contest, keep up on all the activity announcements and panels that will be taking place throughout the day, and special guest announcements for KaboomCon 2024. A limited number of pre-sale tickets go on sale tonight at midnight through eventbrite.com. And, of course, a portion of the proceeds from KaboomCon will go to Cold Nose Rescue and Sanctuary in Mount House and KNBC 95.1. FM community radio. So I know there's a couple of things that have already been ironed out, so to speak. Um, so um, it, the whole uh, Carson City Community Center basically has been enlisted as part of a KaboomCon this year. More or less, the, we have the entire facility less, I think, one room. Um, and that's still could be added on. We just haven't yet. Um, and nobody could rent it. Because of us having everything that's attached to it, so you know it, it's in essence going to be an unused room unless we decide to use it. Okay, um, it's the coat room. Yes. So the Carson City Community Center, uh, we and that even includes the outside west side parking lot where we'll have food and beverage vehicles uh, or vendors. Yeah, coffee and cookies. So Jimmy's yeah. Jimmy's covered at least. There will be coffee and cookies. Yeah. There will be. Uh, we got Busboy coming, who's well known in this area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've we've got a lot. The Crafty Cookie specifically for you, Jimmy. Yeah. So cookies. Um, <laughs> we we are definitely trying to tap some more. We have, I believe, six currently. I'd like to get that up to around a dozen food and beverage vendors, and I'd like to get some alcohol vendors. Because um, adult know. beverage vendors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Well, you have to be adult to be able to yes, partake. Um, is, that, is that here in Nevada? And I know that uh, there's going to be a game room. There so. is indeed going to be a game room uh, where we'll have six tables set up, uh, th- three rounds, three rectangles. Uh, there will be running D&D sessions where you can come in and it's like, you know, quick 
one, two, three hour session, you can knock out an entire scenario. Uh, there will be character creation table, and then there will be other tables where you can play other games. And is this a, just kind of a free-for-all, or is it going to be run by somebody? It is going to be run by uh, a group who ran uh, the event up in Reno recently. The Academy. Yes, that's it. The Academy. <laughs> I'm like, for the life of me, trying to remember. The Academy, yes. Uh, they, they I know be, the Academy. They will be running our game room, and they have uh, started putting together a detailed outline of, of time and everything, and hopefully I should get that soon. All right. Uh, so the music means that it is time for us to take a break. Uh, don't go anywhere. we got a lot of show and a lot more information to talk about for KaboomCon, as well as Oak Bridge and other things that 97 and Now Production is doing. So don't go anywhere. More Pop Culture Kaboom radio show on this New Year's Eve coming up shortly. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show New Year's Eve special. It's just like a regular show, just special because it's on New Year's Eve. <laughs> it is time for the Sporkle Pub Quiz with Scott, and joining us right now is Quiz Master Scott. How are you, Saw? I am shocked and flabbergasted. Shocked and, and flabbergasted at the same time? That's right. Yes, you're such a shock jock. No. <laughs> that's why, see, that's why you're shocked, because I'm a shock jock. Girl. Exactly. Girl. Yeah. Uh, so, did, did you ever listen to Howard Stern? I have, yes. Okay, mm-hmm. so what makes him a shock jock? And what make, what uh, it, it usually has to do with adult content. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we're not mature enough for adult mm-hmm. content. Yeah, so. I was gonna say. I was gonna say that requires a level of maturity that's yeah. far beyond. We don't what have, we have like here. strippers on our show and stuff like that. No, we. Yeah, good point. Okay. <laughs> Is that where you're we, we actually from? could, considering our town, you know. Oh, yes. Yeah, we're going to have more than strippers on the show, considering. <laughs> right. Considering well, well and this is what I was referencing earlier, obsidian. What is that? Obsidian. Um. Like we'll we'll talk about it on uh, at the next commercial break, sweetie. Okay, that is I don't even. Okay, all right. Uh, I don't even want to know. <laughs> I don't why you know about that. Uh, so, <laughs> to participate in the Sporkle Pub Quiz with Scott, first off, anyone can participate. Quizmaster Scott will be asking you a multiple choice question and provide you a list of possible answers. Uh, to win, all you have to do is call in 775-515-4141 with the correct answer. Are you shaving tonight know, at the same now. time? What are you doing? <laughs> Eddie stops without saying anything. Yes. <laughs> Shave. Oh, I was, I'm pacing back and forth. I apologize. Uh, what are you, dragging a oh, foot like Quasimodo? What are you doing? He has corduroy <laughs> pants on. <laughs> <laughs> About to make a fire over there. <laughs> I know. Uh, okay. Sorry, Scott. There it goes again. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, call in with the correct answer and you win. Guess the wrong answer and we hang up on you, but quickly call back and guess again uh, before someone else beats you to the call. Uh, once someone guesses the right answer, that person wins. You can't win unless you call and you can't call unless you are listening. 
um, because if you called earlier than this, you didn't know what the question was. So but with that being said, also, uh, when you call and you get the wrong answer, that number, that answer is taken off and reducing the number down to until it finally gets to the correct answer. All right, so what can you win tonight? Tonight you can win a gift certificate courtesy of Dreamwell Comics in Carson City. Even if it's something you don't want, a gift certificate would make a great gift for the pop culture compadres in your life. Just something to keep in mind. All right, Scott, so what is the question this week? Which actor has portrayed the same comic book character in the most amount of movies? Okay. Is it A, Hugh Jackman? B. Samuel L. Jackson, C. Chris Evans, D. Robert Downey Jr., or E. Kevin Conroy. Okay. Which actor has portrayed the same comic book character in the most amount of movies? A. Hugh Jackman, of course, he played Wolverine. Uh, B. Samuel L. Jackson, who played Nick Fury. I don't think he's played any other comic book character. Uh, C. Chris Evans, who played Captain America, and he also played... uh Human Torch. Uh, yeah, Human Torch. And he was also a character in uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yep. Yep. But was that? That was based off of a comic. Kind of, yeah, okay. Yeah. It was a comic book character. Good point. Uh, D. Robert Downey Jr., who, of course, played Iron Man. And E. Kevin Conroy, who was the voice of Batman. And I got the round table here. So starting with Mark Helton, whose screen went black. Oh. Um, okay. Incorrect. Hmm. Correct. Nice. Rob? I'm still debating. All right. All right. You're going to get the Jeopardy music. <laughs> 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 Copyright. <laughs> uh, so, uh, sorry about your Falcons. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. It's fine. probably wrong. <laughs> you are correct. Oh, yay. <laughs> so, I've oh, got two, two right answers in the studio this wow. week. I'm not used to being the wrong one. I know. <laughs> Well, that people would say out loud anyway. Whoa. I don't know what that means either. That anyway. was sassy. <laughs> sassy. Oh, oh, there's your shock. Shock. Yeah. Shock, shock. <laughs> I'm going to use that now every time I say something like that. Afterwards, just go, shock. You're so shocking. I got to get a shock. Speaking like. of shocking, uh, since I got the uh, North America's foremost uh, authority on Godzilla on the phone right now. Scott, are you still there? I am. Yeah. Okay. Give me a second. got to find the article. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't a technically going to be part of the show. I just thought about it like literally five seconds ago. <laughs> so give me a second here. Well, as a preview, while you're looking for that, as a preview of you know best movies of the year, I do believe that Godzilla Minus One is among them. Yes, it is. And for good reason, too. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. And there yeah. it is. Yeah, uh, Godzilla Minus One stomps massive franchise box office record. Uh, Godzilla Minus One has officially become the highest grossing Japanese language Godzilla movie ever. Wowzers. Yes. Godzilla Minus One has been... Stop scrolling screen. Godzilla Minus One has been absolutely taking over the world since it debuted in Japan earlier this year. And Godzilla Minus One has stomped over another major box office record for the franchise with its latest week of release. Godzilla Minus One has been one of the most critically and commercially successful releases in Toho's long Godzilla franchise, which is actually now celebrating its 70th anniversary. And it turns out it's done so well that it's been steadily breaking all sorts of records through its international release. Releases. Now it's one of the highest grossing movies in the franchise ever. So thoughts on that? 
uh, well deserved. That's what I got to say about that. Uh, do you plan on seeing the black and white version that they plan on releasing uh, in 2024? Yes. Really? Well, uh-huh. he, you know, being the former foremost expert on Godzilla, you know, it, there is a certain level of commitment that is expected of him. I guess. I'm <laughs> hoping they do release it here because I didn't get a chance to see the color rise. <laughs> right. <laughs> What were you? I, I what were you watching? The monochrome. The monochrome version? No, or? there was. Oh. I didn't get a chance to see it. You know, oh, there's all. going to be a black and white and a colorized yeah. version. So <clears> and <throat> there's just something about seeing a Godzilla movie in the theater that just you know doesn't that just doesn't compare to when you see it at home, even with a big screen TV. Well, I know that all I can tell you is that the full black and white remaster will be released in Japan on January 12th. So. Yeah, actually, and actually, I learned that the director of uh, of uh, Godzilla minus one actually did another uh, Japanese movie, which I'm a, a big fan of, called The Returner. I know he did a lot of. Uh, did he direct it, or because I know he's done a lot of special effects? He, I believe he that directed was his that primary one as well. profession uh, was doing special effects, which is why the Godzilla looked so good in a lot of the effects, even though it was so completely CGI'd. But he didn't have the budget to make it completely fluid, in my opinion. Yeah, but he still. I wish he could have. Did great with what he had, though. Yeah, he did. Uh, so, uh, just wanted to throw that out there, Scott. Um, just get your opinion on it. Um, do, do you think that's going to bode well? Do you think that's going to draw more people to see the Godzilla X Kong, um, a new Empire movie? I think it will. I think a lot of people just want to jump on that Godzilla bandwagon. I mean, uh, Monarch has become the top uh, uh, series pirated uh, in the U.S. Well, I know there are a couple of fans um, here in the studio of that show. I, I, I want to yeah. be a shop fan of it. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I love it. I, I've been watching it. It's, it's, mm, I don't know. It's just kind of started going down the hill a little bit in the last couple episodes. Oh, well, they had to, they had to wrap up the season, I guess. So that's why. They're very, the last couple episodes have been very story-driven. They're not... They're more they're more revealing and like showing secrets in their connection to the movies. Well, a couple of characters kind of switched uh, uh, switched, I guess, basically Genres? personalities. Yeah, <laughs> switched personalities. That's kind of bugging me. Oof, oof, okay. Well, it was kind of like you thought somebody was a bad guy. He's not a bad guy anymore, like type of thing. Oh, is this kind of like that hideous uh, character 180 oh, that we happened? Got a call oh, we in. got another caller. All right, Scott, <laughs> we'll uh, let you go, and we're going to take this other call, okay? All right. Good luck. All right. All right. Have Happy a new year. See And, uh, uh, Eric, you are wrong. Uh, it is not E. Um <laughs> you are wrong, uh, but uh, and and then he has to question it. I he gave my choice is blah, and I went incorrect. And he's really. I'm like, why would I lie? <laughs> oh, Hello, caller. Who is this, and where are you calling from? Hey, this is Crystal. I'm calling from Topaz. Hi, Crystal Hello. from Topaz. How are you? I'm very good. Happy New Year, Happy everybody. New Year's Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. Happy New Year. So I want to do the sparkle. Awesome. Okay. Right. Uh, which actor has portrayed the same comic book character in the most amount of movies? Is it A, Hugh Jackman, who played Wolverine? B, Samuel L. Jackson, who played Nick Fury? C, Chris Evans, who played Captain America? D, Robert Downey Jr., who played Iron Man? Or E, Kevin Conroy, who voiced Batman for the animated m- movies? I really like Samuel L. Jackson, so that's my guess. And you would be... Okay, yeah, well, that's got to be up. 
That is correct. Yay! <laughs> I don't even know that character, but I like his name. You don't know Nick Fury? No, no. Oh. Do you know what I Samuel mean, L. Jackson looks like? <laughs> yes. Okay, well, you see a Marvel movie. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch it now. Oh, you're going to have to watch it about 12, 13 of them now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah you got about uh, 12, 13 years worth of movies to check yeah. out now. Not only that, but he also plays the character oh in the TV show. <laughs> so, uh, so. so you win, Crystal. You will be getting a gift certificate for Dreamwell Comics. Congratulations. Woo-hoo! I love Dreamwell. Yay. <laughs> uh, and just so you guys know, I uh, was able to use uh, one of my... Uh, prizes from one of the quizzes in the past, and I went and saw Willy Wonka. Willy oh, Wonka. And oh, what'd you think? What'd you think? Yeah. Please uh, I have to say that um, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I saw a couple uh, pictures, and I was like, this doesn't look very good. <laughs> but it was the only thing that would work for my family and everybody to get together and see at the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the first 10 minutes, I sat there, and it was unbearable. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was completely entertained with uh, adult humor, (laughs) song and dance, and then uh, some surprises. Uh, My inner child came out, and there was a bunch of wholesome joy. Mm. I caught myself smiling, um, and I appreciated that it was unique in its own, and it wasn't a copycat like others. Awesome. So I was going to ask you about that because I have absolutely no desire to ever view a single frame of this movie. Prequel, prequel, prequel. Yeah, Yeah. for starters. Yeah, he is uh, not a fan. It was not a. It was not a copycat at all. Well, did they have the? uh, Did it kind of go off of the usual, um, or did it continue? Like, did it play off of the original? uh, Willy Wonka. I don't. I don't feel it played off the original. I don't. Yeah, I feel like it was its own unique story. Yeah, I think the only thing it really kind of took from the original, for the most part, is making the Oompa Loompas orange. Well, I mean, uh, well, if, it, <laughs> yeah, it's a, if it's a prequel, <laughs> it has to lead into... Yeah, yeah, but it was more leading into the, the new Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Well, then was they it completely more. changed his origin then, because, so, uh, you know, the whole well, dad being... Well, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory dad being actually dentist. followed the Roald Dahl like, story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so was there a lot of, uh, uh, like, the uh, uh, Gene Wilder um, first version, um, what was that, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? <laughs> yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Was there a lot of uh, musical bits in it? There was some, but it was, I mean, for you, you might hate it. <laughs> oh, I can tell you I'm going to hate it. I saw for, the trailer. For me, for me I, I really liked it. Um, I think there was maybe one song that it was like, oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> but I would watch it again. I, I, oh, I did oh, like wow. it. I would probably even buy it to have a copy. Wow. wow. That's, that's, that's an endorsing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. There's an endorsement for you. Um, so, I, it's a little strange, right? Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> no, we, we all like certain things. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, sometimes uh, sometimes a certain thing that might be out of your usual uh, wheelhouse uh, strikes a chord and you like it. So, right. Congrats. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you actually got to enjoy a movie with yep. those tickets. Cause yeah. I, so thank you very much. Good, good, good. But you still got to see Godzilla. <laughs> I know I'm going to have to go to Reno. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, you will be welcome there, I can assure you. Speaking of long drives to Reno from the south, uh, Topaz is pretty far. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah, but we'll see. I, I tried to 
It was um, one showing at 9.50, and I was like, I cannot do a movie that late and then get home. Yeah. So, yeah, Willy Wonka for the win, and the surprise was that I really enjoyed myself. Well, I'm glad you had a good time with the family. Awesome. And, uh, thank you for yeah. calling in and letting us know what happened, and congratulations on winning the gift certificate tonight to Dreamwell Comics. That'll be waiting for you whenever you can pop in there. Well, thank you very much. Happy New Year to you all. Hey, Happy, Happy New Year to you, Happy too. Happy New Year. And we'll talk to you uh, next week, <laughs> okay. hopefully. Uh, next year. Next year. Wah, Okay. All right. Thank you. And uh, with that music coming up, that means it's time for us to take a hard break. So we will be back with more Paul Closing Boom Radio Show right after this. So don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Boom Radio Show, New Year's Eve special edition, because we're all here, and it's do, New do, Year's do, Eve. Do, 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 do. Whoa, okay. I had to have a little, little, little song and dance for it. You know, a little Looney Tunes. A little Thank special, you. yes. And with the show, this is it. All right, so let's get to the big story. Um, this is courtesy of uh, Robert over at Dreamwell Comics, too, okay. by the way, because uh, I was unaware of it until he mentioned it the other day. Oh. So hundreds of comics were impacted by a recent scam. CGC has released a statement promising to help those involved. The certified guarantee company, CGC, the largest grading company for comic books, has released a statement in response to a scandal that broke last week on social media. After a number of content creators on Instagram and YouTube discovered apparent fraudulent sales of graded comics, CGC launched an internal investigation. And that's it. That's all they say about it. Uh, They came back today with an announcement on Instagram saying that they estimate, in air quotes, a few hundred comics are affected. Uh, And they will be working with collectors to make sure anyone who was affected is made whole. Uh, They have yet to release a complete list of the books they say are affected. A number of comics appear to have been reholdered and sold for inflated prices in recent months, including many of the same eBay store comic selects, which has since been closed. Uh, CGC promised to deliver a full list of affected books soon and pledged to work with those affected. Nevertheless, this is likely the biggest challenge to CGC's credibility that the company has ever faced. Uh, while, they in, while they are investigating the reholdering scam perpetrated by this one high roller, okay, fans have stay, stay, started to question how many other people are out there pulling the same stunt on a scale small enough that it doesn't provoke suspicion. Here's what CGC had to say in a statement uh, on their website. The Certified Collectibles Group is aware of an incident involving an individual tampering with CGC comic holders. The Certified Collectibles Group, registered trademark, CGC, registered trademark, which includes Certified Guarantee Company, registered trademark, CGC, registered trademark, is aware of an incident involving an individual tampering with CGC comic holders. Based on our initial review, we believe that the incident affects a few hundred comic books, CGC exists to protect the collecting community, and in the last 36 years, we have certified more than 85 million collectibles, each one backed by a comprehensive guarantee. Well, let me little put a little asterisk on there. Uh, they started out doing cards, specifically mm-hmm. sports cards. Mm-hmm. So right. sports cards are a little different, and that's where they get that 85 million collectibles in there. Mm-hmm. They didn't until recently start doing comic books, like within the last, I'd say, 10 years. 
Um, they created this thing called slabs, I guess. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that is, you know, kind of a little misleading that they would put 85 million collectibles when it's not really all comic book related. Right. Well, they are collectibles. Well, it's all comics. But still, we're talking. I mean, I mean, do they also do autographs, too? Because then those would be collectibles as well. I don't know. I, I well, he marks chicken in his head, so yeah. Yeah, sem they semantics, okay. so, yeah, so semantics those, and specific wording are so very That's important. why they're saying collectibles, because yeah. they do well, all of it. asterisk on that in regards to comics. Um, but anyway, each one bag, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the trust that we have built with our community sometimes makes us a target of bad actors, and despite our vigilance, the individual tampered with some of our holders. If you purchased one of the books that is this individual tampered with, we'll ensure you that you are appropriately compensated for losses arising from any failures in our services. We expect to share a list of books that we believe are impacted as soon as possible. We have also retained a leading private investigative service and outside counsel to conduct a comprehensive review of this incident and our processes and to help ensure that this individual is held accountable to the fullest extent of the law. Unless it's Judge Dredd, I don't care. Uh, we have already made significant improvements to our processes as a result of this incident, and we will continue to take appropriate steps to help ensure that this type of incident does not happen again. We expect to share more information when we have it. In the meantime, if you have any questions or would like to share any information with CGC, please reach out to us at reportfraud at collectiblesgroup.com. The controversy started earlier this month when Instagram comics influencer... The 9.9 .9 newsstand discovered an apparent discrepancy involving a high-grade copy of The Amazing Spider-Man number 252. The issue sold for over $15,000, marked as a 9.8 graded Mark Jewelers newsstand variant of the issue. Uh, what 9.9 .9 newsstand noticed was that the book's certificate number was tied to a 9.8, but not a Mark Jewelers variant, just a regular newsstand. The rarity of the Mark Jewelers was a big part of that of what drove <clears throat> the price up so high. After some digging, 9.9 .9 newsstand suggested that it was likely somebody had found a way to replace the 9.8 newsstand with a lower-graded Mark Jewelers newsstand and then submitted it to CGC in order to artificially create a 9.8 Mark Jewelers. Are you guys following all of this, or is this like no, trying? I'm, I'm following it, uh, or am yeah. I describing a nuclear reactor to you? To me, it's going over my head, but yeah. Okay, a Mark Jeweler's version. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're amazing putting Mark to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to sleep? No, no. Uh, well, this Mark's not on either, so. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? No, no, no. I'm okay, here. I'm here with you. Now you sound awake. <laughs> um, a Mark Jewelers Amazing Spider-Man number 252, the way um, Robert at DreamWorld Comics describes it to me, is there was, it's, it's the dumbest thing, okay. quite honestly. Um, there's a, um, a PBX. is a basically, uh, a PBX to me meant that it was an, a, a naval or a right. military base. Yeah, that's what that reminds me of, yeah. Yeah, so the, where the, you would buy the comic book from. And this one particular one had an insert from Mark's Jewelers. Mark's Jewelers, meaning like the, a, the name a literal of a... jewelry store oh, advertisement. Okay, that's why I was like, okay. <laughs> and so that's why it's called the Mark's Jewelers variant. Okay. Because it had that in there from because it was only sold like that, I guess, at PX's. So, huh. which is weird. But anyway, um, so that's why there's that supposed variant out there. And, okay. Uh, so it has to have the insert in it. 
to actually be considered a Mark's Jewelers variant. Okay. Yeah. So that is a real thing, then, is what <laughs> yes. you're saying. Okay. Yeah. So then somebody copied this, is what I'm guessing, right? Well, there's the regular version of Amazing Spider-Man number 252. Okay. That was on the newsstand. But it doesn't have the Mark's Jewelers advertised. Right. And somebody, like, put one in. Or claimed there was one in there. Oh, okay. And the thing Jack about a slab price. is that you can't open up the comic and look inside. Yeah, you can't open it up. Oh. So I don't know how he figured out that it wasn't the same comic book. I but... think it probably had something to do with serial numbers and stuff. Yeah, it could be. So that's that's the whole kitten caboodle about it. Meow. Yes. Hey, meow. <laughs> All right. Okay. Shock. Uh, so at the end of the day, the seller could sell the book for a lot of more money and still have the 9.8 sitting at home that they could resubmit and have regraded under a new number. Shortly thereafter, YouTuber Automatic Comics found a CGC-graded copy of The Incredible Hog number 181 that appeared to have been reholdered. Whereas the uh, Spider-Man book just looked suspicious, Automatic Comics was able to actually track down the specific copies of Hulk that he believed were involved. This led to a flood of new findings by various comic book collectors, speculators, and YouTubers. Uh, the eBay account responsible for the Hulk sale was quickly shut down after being flooded with bad feedback and refund requests. The scam that has been detected is especially notable in that it requires a lot of upfront capital. You have to have two high-graded copies of a sought-after book in order to make it work. Still, Manu manufacturers from the uh, Manu from a uh, 9.9. I thought it was just short for manufacturers, but I guess it's just Manu, M-A-N-U, Manu. Uh, the 9.9 newsstand says it's something that could snowball quickly if not caught. The specific verbiage of the response is interesting as well. CGC promises to make people whole for losses arising from any failures in our, our services, end quote. Uh, that could limit the number of recip recipients to those whose comics were sent in for reholdering while leaving out any victims whose books didn't pass through CG, CG, CGC hands after any potential tampering took place. Mm. So, in other words, people opening it up and saying and putting in a weaker copy in there or a facsimile because they have to do that mm -hmm. a lot now. I've seen them, mm -hmm. um, you know, where the comic book companies are facsimile copying um, pr the issue with advertisements and everything uh, from that to that when it was originally published, but it's just right. put out this year. Um, and uh, yeah, I actually. Uh, Saw something like that at Dreamwell Comics where they showed me the facts. I saw the facsimile and then I saw the actual real comic book. Mm -hmm. And whoo, what a difference in the color and everything because it was brighter and right. blah, blah, blah. But anyway, um, so thoughts, guys? Well, it's nice that uh, that that uh, CGC is at least going to make some people whole. But it, it's a shame that they can't make everybody whole. Yeah, well... I wonder how many people are going to claim now that, hey, mine was messed with when it wasn't. Or how are they going to yeah, prove it well, and how are they going to disprove it? That's well, that's where, that's where serial numbers and all that stuff comes in. That's, that, uh, that, all that stuff's going to have to match. But now. you throw this in with the uh, fact that acetate gate happened earlier this year, too, where yeah. they got CGC got slapped by not following their own guidelines by uh, allowing a, um, a double-covered... A double stapled so, comic you know. book to get a 9.8 grading um, that later, you know, yeah, it definitely helped. It definitely got sued uh, by Marvel for doing that, and mm -hmm. also yeah, it definitely affects the trust company. in the in the industry. So, or at least in that, I mean, it might have to go back to old school where every comic book shop was using, uh, you know, 
Overstreet Price Guide to price their comic books instead of going off of these slabbed and relying on a third-party company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Who's and, the second largest grading company out there? I don't know. Yeah, I don't that's know. that's <laughs> kind of what I mean. I mean, yeah. you can't... There's, not, there's, there's not no major competition. competition. What they yeah. should do is breed competition. Right. They should, mm-hmm. but uh, it's also a matter of trust, too. I mean, before... Like, a, like I said, before all of this, I mean, you'd take... Hey, I got this comic book. You take it into your local co- comic book store... Um, you hope that they're, you know, not greedy mm-hmm. and that uh, they are going to be honest and fair about how they do stuff. So um, I've been fortunate enough to wherever where, when I worked at a comic book shop in uh, Palo Alto, California, um, the manager who did all of the uh, buying of anything that was brought in, he was very honest with people about it. Um, and, uh, and, and I know that Robert over at Dreamo Comics, he's really honest about how he does his business, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you really appreciate it when they're really transparent about the, about how, how, why they're you know going to give you this much or charge this much, or if they're not going to take yeah. it, and or if they're, you know, you know, right? Can, yeah, that, that transparency is really appreciated. So um, at least at least by me. So I presume other. I mean, it's not like Pawn Stars where you can just take in anything <laughs> <laughs> and either, you know make but, me an offer. No, but they, 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 they don't even you, take in everything, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it's very specific. If it's not if it's you know something they're not going to be able to sell. I mean, this leads me to think that there's going to be a lot less higher graded stuff because everybody's going to be opening up their stuff now and manhandling it to see if it's been tampered with. Right. Yeah, and and then they'd have to send it back in to get it redone. Well, Right. Yeah. So and that could bring up the rise of us of another competitor. And I still question how much of this, you know, CGC says they're going to make people whole. What does that I, mean? I assume that means if it is found that it's their fault. But how much of this is really it's not their fault. It's somebody that's out there, an eBay seller, whatever the case may be, that is manipulating these items. Unless it's an employee. If they find that it's an internal, they need to come out with that immediately. Right. Oh, but yeah. if it's really, truly a third-party vendor that's getting these items and making manipulations, right. they After have the no fact. legal responsibility. Yeah. So, I mean, you can be mad at them, but if it's happening after the fact... Right. True. Very yeah, if it's point. if it's left their hands and then somebody's tampered with it, they yeah. they can't do anything about that. Mm-hmm. They yeah, so it will well, be interesting with to their see response. It. So it doesn't sound like it was out of their hand. Uh, no, know, I, I agree like with somewhere right. along the distribution chain. It was somebody that's that or it sounds like them. they're still not even sure and they're still investigating because they're like, you know, yeah. hey, if, if it is us, we're going to make it whole. But, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah but this with an acetate gate like you're talking about, this could lead to the rise of another competitor. It's like how should. Di- it, it should. should. It's like how Diamond Distributors was pretty much a monopoly on comic book distribution for years, and now like DC was it DC that basically moved to their own distribution service. They moved to their own, and then a secondary market actually. Uh, yeah. Another for the first time in years, there was a secondary one that Marvel and mm-hmm. uh, Random House Publishing finally got into the mix, mm-hmm. and so a lot of the comic book companies went through them. But it's become a big mess. Though, too. Oh yeah, well yeah, mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of the thing. It. it that's with monopolies, you know, a lot of times it's it's tidy and it's easy, but then stuff like this happens and it really just rocks the entire industry. Well, like with the Random House, I know that when uh, comic books were first being distributed by them, they just they were in poor condition when they mm-hmm. got to their retailers. I, I, there's numerous reports of like bad, you know, issues just kind of turning out to be garbage because they were already all messed up yeah, and ripped, ripped up and, and yeah. shipping and you mm. know they're not bagged or boarded or at all so that mm-hmm. they're got damaged real easily right. and, and yeah. you can't get a CGC 
you know, good grading on a comic book if it, the spine's already cracked before the retailer before even gets get it. it. Yeah. So, I mean, all, all kinds of things went goofy, but I guess it's gotten a little better. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't we'll work, I'm not in that part of the business. I'm on the consumer side. So yep. and this puts a lot of, I would, I was never big into the whole slabbed thing in the first place. Yeah. Um, and now it's, I have not been won over when stuff like this comes out. <laughs> Very so, true. But still. Yeah. Puts a lot back onto the buyer beware too. You mm-hmm. know? That is true. That is true. So we got a little bit about of a minute. Mm-hmm. About a minute. So I, I was going to segue into um, some 97 to now stuff, but now we're going to have to wait. Yeah. <laughs> Building some more anticipation. Exactly. Asian. Well, that was a popping pee. Yeah. <laughs> I like to go plosive. Plosive. <laughs> uh, I got your hint of Tim Curry. Tim Curry, yeah. Um, so, uh, I'll help real quick. Any uh, New Year's resolutions? Rob? I don't make New Year's okay. resolutions. Um, basically, I'm going to wing it and kind of just try to stay the course. <laughs> whatever course that is okay yeah exactly <laughs> mark uh to make it to the end of 24 24 <laughs> years old or 2024 2024 oh, okay well that would be nice yeah that, that that's a good that's a good goal yeah that reminds me of one time i went to mail something and about this time of the year uh, i went to mail something and the person at the uh, post office is like uh when would you like this delivered i went for Christmas, <laughs> the person behind me laughed. Clark didn't laugh. Not so much. No yeah. sense of humor. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's time for that top of the hour break. If you missed any part of the show so far, please tune into the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast, courtesy of ninety-seven and Now Productions. Hello. And you can find it on your favorite podcast platform. Just look up Pop Culture Kaboom podcast, and we'll be back with more. So don't go anywhere. Hello and welcome to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show New Year's Eve Special. I am Jimmy Jones, your not so humble host. I am with my co-host Spencer Stoner. Hello, Rob Nault. Hello, hello, hello. And special in-studio guest Mark Hilton. Hello, <laughs> hello. So uh, let's talk a little bit about ninety-seven to now productions. Sure. Um, you guys got a big um, new. Uh, production coming up, uh, a sci-fi thriller called Oak Bridge. Yes, it's uh, it's a fun one. So it's written by a lovely young lady named uh, Ashley Dean, based out of Georgia. Georgia. Uh, she actually wrote one of the arcs for Murphy's Inc. season two, and uh, she pitched this idea to us last year, and uh, we loved it. Uh, she gave us a pilot, and I said, "Okay, let's do it." And it's it's very much in the vein or in the style of. Uh, most recently, Stranger Things or X Files or uh, going back Twin Cre- Twin Peaks. Um, <laughs> so it's it's definitely a sci fi mystery thriller, so to speak. Um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we have the first five episodes. So the first season is going to be ten episodes. Uh, the first five are one hundred percent done. The scripts are ready to go. The last five should be ready here in the next week or so we've got auditions coming up on january 11th and 13th um we already have over 50 people signed up to audition uh we're capping it at 60 uh just because it's hard to get more than 10 and 10 done in an hour so uh we only really had about three hours each of those two days so we're capping it at 60 
so if you are interested in voice acting, please get on there uh, soon because we're running out of space. And your very own Spencer Stoner is going to be uh, at the auditions. Yes, I will be. Because <laughs> you played Captain Courageous. No, Captain, Captain Fearless. Captain, Captain Fearless. Fearless. Captain Courageous. That was, a, yeah. that was something completely yes. different. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Captain Fearless. And oh. Joe Buckley. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 Uh, and he also did some did a voice for us over on season two of Murphy's, Murphy's Inc. Inc. Yep, which just concluded. Yeah. Indeed, we just finished season two. Yeah, very uh, good season. Yeah, so that that was quite enjoyable. Fifteen episodes, uh, more than twice the size of season one. Uh, and season three, uh, we actually just finished recording episode one of season three. Uh, so we're we're. We're rolling, man. Uh, but yeah, getting back to Oak Bridge, it's it's coming. It's going to be a fun series. It is mapped out for multiple seasons, and I, I think this one, I love Murphy's Inc. It's near and dear to me because I've been involved with it pretty much since the beginning. But I feel like Oak Bridge has the the legs to go further than where we are with Murphy's. Mm. Um, you didn't tell anybody, but where do they sign up for auditions? Uh, so the easiest way would be to uh, go to the 97 and Now Productions Facebook page. There's links through there. Or you could go to the Oak Bridge Facebook page as well um, because it is through a Google form. So there is no easy web address that I could give you. Oof. Uh, Eric would like you to do a Captain Caveman. <laughs> what, yeah, what, what, just the old Captain Caveman? Yeah, that thing. I haven't done that in, since I was a kid. And I see why. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, um, I it, haven't it, had a chance to warm up. Okay, yeah. It did sound like it was drowning. Uh, he hasn't listened to any Duhas today. So. Yeah. Du, yeah, du yeah it, it, it's weird how Duhas makes it so I have a really good German accent. If I don't listen to it immediately before, my German accent's terrible. Okay, so I found it. Give me a second here. <laughs> All right, so if you are looking to for the uh, page to go to or the sign-up for the auditions for it, um, it is now posted on the Pop Culture Kaboom Facebook page. Just go ahead and give it a click on there, from there, and then uh, sign up for the auditions for Oak Bridge. Um, and uh, if I remember correctly, uh, it, it was brought up, a sci-fi mystery audio drama. So if you're, if you're interested in getting into voice acting, uh, this would be a, a good avenue, yes? Absolutely. We've, yeah, just we've worked... keep uh, time zones in mind. <laughs> yeah. We, we, everything we do is in Pacific time zone. We've worked with voice actors literally from all over the world, and we've worked with extremely talented people who this is what they do for their day job is voice acting, and we work with people like Spencer. So, you know, we, <laughs> we, work, the, we work the whole array. Yeah. Uh, well, and, I... and don't think I don't appreciate that. <laughs> Well, you notice I'm not signing up for anything. <laughs> no, you know, someday I'm going to get you in there for one of these shows. You know what? Um, I, I have the acting range of a Daisy Air Rifle. Well, yeah. So. <laughs> he, he, he can play the next time you need a shock jock. Yes. Shock. Shocking. Shock. No, I mean, I see how you do your openings, right? You've got your script in front of you, and you're reading your script. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. He doesn't do this off the top of his head. Most of uh, it I do. But it's right there, just in case. That's just to keep me on track, actually. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I can't, I'm not going to... You know, a lot of these are articles, too. I'm not going to cite articles verbatim if I just if I don't have them in front of me. This is true. I do add a lot of garbage in there, though. I, I don't know if you know. Yeah, I mean, you could easily be a narrator or, you know, an announcer-type <laughs> part. Meanwhile, back at the... Meanwhile, that's his Ben Speed, the Capone's hideout. Back in the Hall of Justice. Yeah, I remember those cartoons. They were great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the uh, Captain Caveman flashback there, Eric, by the way. Appreciate that. I remember that show. 
always wondered what he looked like underneath all that hair and wonder why nobody ever decided to bathe him. That was one of the best <laughs> costumes to wear. Like, well, it was yeah, like it was cousin almost, it with a yeah, nose. Yeah, I was gonna say it was either it was, it was like uh, the exact same thing as cousin it. Yeah, except with uh, appendages and a loin and a nose. And a, yeah, that's right. He did have the like the Tarzan thing going yeah. on. Huh? And his weird Inspector Gadget mullet or mallet. Yes, thing. yes, club. It's club. Yeah. So anyway, all kinds of bizarre stuff. Um, so what are your expect- expectations with Oak Bridge? I mean, it sounds like it's going to be creepy, kind of uh, I, out I, there. I'm not going to give anything away yet, but I would say that the the series is, it kicks into gear from the beginning, the first five minutes of the series. So it does not waste any time getting you into the, what the mood and tone of the, the series mm-hmm. is going to be. Um it's it's just if you are into uh, X Files, Stranger Things, I think those two are more in line. Um, you're gonna probably like the show, and you know we have our audio wizard back, Joe Bly, uh, who will be he, he's already having fun with finding the right bits and pieces for some of the unique sounds that we're gonna need to create. Um, some things for the show. Mm, okay. Uh, you mentioned uh, Twin Peaks, something I, I never actually watched. I just remember people talking for some reason about, like, cherry pie. I, I, <laughs> you remember that? Yes. Oh, yeah. Because D- that's... Dang good cherry pie, yep. yes. Mm-hmm. What, it's what the sheriff, coffee. like, every episode, he had to have his piece of cherry yeah, pie. Yeah, the, yeah, the FBI, yeah. FBI agent. So Dale are there going to be any kind of, like, Easter egg kind of things like that in there? Or Could be. I, can, I will also tell you that the series <laughs> takes place in the very early 90s. So it is kind of like Stranger Things where it's uh, in a previous era, if you will. The series takes place in a previous era, yes, from where we are today. Uh, no, that no, Eric, what I mean by Daisy Air Rifle Range, um, uh, basically like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, even though I don't like him, he is a good actor, and he has the range of a, basically like a fifty caliber sniper rifle, whereas I would have the range of a Daisy Air Rifle. That's what I mean by that. You're good at 100 yards? No. <laughs> I'm good at, at Nerf probably has better uh, range than I do, actually. <laughs> now that I think about it. So. I don't know. You're a pretty good shot with, nerve, with the Nerf last week. And if I had jello shots, Eric, I doubt I'd be in any condition to do any kind of voiceover work, quite honestly, unless they just wanted obnoxious drunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually the part I fill, so. Oh, okay. All right. So, uh, interesting stuff. So, go check out the Oak Bridge Facebook page or 97 and Now Productions on the Facebook. And uh, you can find a link. It's also, I just put it up on the Pop Culture Kaboom Facebook page in the news feed. If you're interested in getting into voice acting for 2024, uh, make it a New Year's resolution mm-hmm. to get yourself out there. It's a great way to yeah. get started in the business. Yeah, I, or I to can. pad your reason, resume. Yeah, I, I can say that it is very fun with uh, 97 Now Productions are really fun to work with. Very forgiving. <laughs> Have you gotten a part yet? Because it, uh, it sounds oh. like you're buttering him up. He has not gotten a part for Oak Ridge yet. <laughs> no. But no, there but, is also uh, Murphy's Inc. Season 3 that we'll be doing auditions for later this year. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, uh, but it has really been fun, to, 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 this new experience. And you know I'm just kidding, right? Yeah. Okay. Huh. Shaw. Shock. Shocking. <laughs> Don't roll your eyes, Rob. Come on. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to do that, you have to at least do something audible, like just a, like a, uh, you know, something. This is radio. 
Well, we're, we're kind of going along with a lot of stuff, so I'm going to go ahead and jump a little bit ahead here um, and get to stuff for because uh, we're going to get to the cons and events. I don't know if we'll be able to get to that whole list of cons and events, um, but I wanted to list a couple of things since it is the new year. I wanted to go ahead and throw out there the things that are going to be happening in the Reno Carson City area for 2024 that I was able to compile. First off is going to starting January 24th through February 7th is Love Notes Short Film Competition 2024. And then on February 9th through February 10th is the C5 Film Festival, Humphrey Bogart and... It's called Bogey and Bacall Festival. And uh, they'll be showing up to five films for that film festival. And then on February 17th is the Love Notes Screening and Award Ceremony. Now, the Love Notes Short Film Competition is exactly as it says. Uh, They're going to be doing a a Valentine's Day romance-style kind of short film competition. Five to nine minutes, very much like Carson Creepy, except Except, romance. Yes. Yeah, rom-com, I guess, stuff like that that I don't watch. Uh, then on June 28th through June 30th is going to be RageCon 2024. July 13th through the 14th is the Silver Age Comic Con. September 7th is Kaboom Con. And then September 29th is the C5 Silent Movie Night, uh, which will be going on. September 26th through September 30th is the Cordillera International Film Festival up in Reno. And then September 28th through October 31st is the Dark Corner Haunted House. October 11th through the 12th is the C5 Universal Studios Monster Festival. Mm-hmm. It's up to five films from the Universal Monsters era. In other words, Frankenstein, Dracula, The Mummy, Creature, Creature from the Black Lagoon, and oh, The Wolfman. Wolfman. Mm-hmm. Uh, the classics. And all of those films are almost 100 years old now, which is it's amazing, kinda, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be fun. That makes me feel old. I remember breaking it. Never mind. I didn't. I wasn't. I'm not that old. Uh, October 28th through the 31st is the biggest little fur con. <laughs> Wait, what? The biggest little fur con? That's what a new is, one. What, what's going on with that? You don't know what a fur, fur con, con is? is? No, no. Please fill me in. Furries. Furries. I know what are? furries are. I just wasn't sure if that was yeah. the direction yeah. or yep. if it furries. was going to be yeah, there are people bring their pets or something. Can, no, 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 it's, no, it's, no, it's a furry. Furries. It's a furry con. It's a furry con. So uh, everybody kind of shows up dressed in their fursonas. Yeah. In their fur personas. And Spencer, what is your delight? I have no fursona. Ah, not yet. Okay. Uh, I, I, yeah, it's, I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm not yet. <laughs> I don't, I, it, may, it may be a case of not yet, but it could just be, you know, I don't have the right tailor yet. Oh, <laughs> we're talking about costumes. I thought you meant by persona, but no, no. Shock. <laughs> well, because, like, because they, it's there, it's like another character for them. They, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or for some of them, it is who they yeah. truly are. Yeah. So, like, there's but that yeah, one guy who, like, in Japan, I think it was, he actually. Spent like ten thousand dollars on like an actual like costume made out of dog fur and everything, and like he walks around and has people walking yeah, around. Yeah, I, could, I couldn't do that. I'm allergic <laughs> to being walked around. Uh, no, to, to, to dog fur, oh, okay. dog fur, cat fur, stuff like that. Ah, gotcha. Uh, November fifteenth through the seventeenth is Snafu Con, and then to finish off the year, December twenty seventh through the twenty eighth is the C five Under the Big Top Festival. Circus uh, movies, circus movies, yep. like freaks. Like old school circus movies, yeah. Freaks? Uh, no, that's not one of uh, them. But yeah, <laughs> it's um, it's it's to go against the, the tradition. What happens usually at, at around that time? It's at Christmas movies. Christmas, everybody's strung out on Christmas movies. So we want to do something different under the big top circus movies. Okay, 
That sounds. There's a lot of circus movies out there. Five of them at least. At least. Yeah. Don't forget, these are classic movies. Yeah. Before 1970. Awesome. I have Ooh. the list in my car. <laughs> oh, cool. I close that out way before I was supposed to. But anyway, um, so yeah, that's going on. And I just wanted to get that out there. So if you think, uh, if you're wondering what is going to be going on in the Reno Carson City area or northern Nevada this year, that is part of the list. Yeah, because the, the list will be continuing to grow throughout the year. That it will. There's a lot that I did not confirm. So that's why it's not on the list at this moment. Mm-hmm. But uh, things are like uh, the Elko Con, I think it was Elko that had a con this year. Mm-hmm. And they plan on doing it again mm-hmm. uh, this year. So And then Airy Con will be uh, again, just hasn't had a, as a date, it doesn't have date locked down yet. Or a place. Or a place, yes. <laughs> it's just got a name. Yeah. Hey, but it's a lovely name. Sounds like Is it going to remain that name? Uh, probably not. Ah, so. It will evolve. So you're already misrepresenting. Come on, man. So it's Pokemon <laughs> Con. It's evolving. Pokemon <laughs> Con. <laughs> Uh, so, Peter Parker and Miles Morales have a new ongoing series together, The Spectacular Spider-Men. That'll be starting from Marvel Comics in March of 2024. Well, it seems to do a couple of Peter Parker's clones, Ben Riley, currently known as Chasm, and, uh, where did I go? And part of Madeline Pryor's Goblin Queen Entourage in the Limbo Embassy. And Kane Parker, last seen cut from the web of life and destiny. Uh, causing him to cease to exist at the end of the Spider-Verse event. After Shantra was defeated at the hands of the Spider-Army, Nath, the original creator of the web, has gratitude for their effort restore, efforts restored those who had been cut from the web, which included Kane. Now it looks like he has a series to join because now Kane and Chasm are together again and are together again in Chasm Curse of Kane coming in 2024. Spider-Man's two most famous clones careen on a collision course at each other and asking presumably from Ben Riley to Kane Parker, am I my brother's keeper? Echoing the story of Cain and Abel from the book of Genesis. I think he sprung a leak, ladies and gentlemen. Good timing. <laughs> I tell you. It just it makes my eyes roll. Anyway. Not the like, book of Genesis? <laughs> no. Oh. That whole comparative, the whole comparative story makes my eye roll. Okay, good. Gotcha. Worse than the ape roll event that's going on with a DC. <laughs> For April Fool's Day, right, right, right. Yeah, that was terrible. It was uh, the Oranga, whatever. <sighs> oh, yeah, yeah. You missed that. Evidently, yo, yeah. it was bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Any, and monkey you're not sorry about pun. it. Yes, yeah. So many monkey puns. It wasn't even funny. Anyway, uh, that is this means it's time for us to take that hard break, and we'll be back with more Paul Calls Boom Radio Show right after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Boom Radio Show. Whoa. You okay there? Yep, sorry. I was just grabbing my notes, and my notes decided they didn't want to stick with me for some reason. All right, they ran away. As he goes and chases those down, welcome back to the Pop Culture Boom Radio Show New Year's Eve special. Um, Unlike most New Year's Eve shows, we are not going to bore you with top 10 lists of the best and worst of 2023. I just think that's kind of just overplayed. But we will be later on in the show talking about what is our favorite and least favorite things from the seven pillars of pop culture entertainment from the last year and possibly give you a glimpse of what we're looking forward to for 2024. Um, I know that uh, we went kind of around. I got 
New Year's resolutions from Rob, which was none. Spencer, <laughs> which was finding a personality. No, I'm kidding. Shock, shock. <laughs> and Mark, um, who just wants to live to see 2024, whether it's all in one piece or not, he did not specify. So, you know, those details. Just make it to the end. Those details. Um, well, if you're drooling vegetable in a coma, I don't think that would count, does it? That can be after September 7th. Uh, oh, <laughs> actually, because of September 7th, you might be a drooling vegetable in a coma. If I can get there. <laughs> and uh, But I did not mention anything for myself. And, uh, yeah, I got a couple. Um, a, to actually accomplish more things than I actually did this year, which would be kind of difficult. But, you know, as I've said before on the show, procrastination is its own disease. So I just got to stop procrastinating and just get around to getting stuff done. And find the hours to do it, so without goofing off. So, oh darn it! Now I have to too. Darn it! He inspired me. Uh, did I? It was, was an that his leadership speech. from that the fortune cookie. That was the leadership fortune cookie <laughs> speech. Yes. <laughs> full circle. <laughs> I'm telling you, a lot of full circles this week, uh, or this yeah, this week, this week, okay. this show. Um, all right. So, um, and we heard about. Uh, a uh, little bit about Kaboom Con. So we got uh, tickets going on sale tonight, pre-sale. Correct. Um, In just a few hours. And a limited number. Yeah, midnight of plus one second. That's correct. Uh, yeah, we. I, I won't say the number, but we're not doing a full release because, uh, you know, we we may want to see how this goes and decide Testing if we want to make waters. adjustments. Yeah, you know, it's early. It's nine months out, right? Um, but. We, based on the response we've received in other aspects, when we... Oh, and by the way, because the con is nine months out, no, you do not get a discount if you give birth on the, f- on the show floor. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't have to pay for the critter that falls out of you because they're under 10. Critter, so. giving birth to critters. Speaking of, uh, did you see, wow. uh, watch 30 Coins? Uh, no. Yes. Uh, so uh-huh. I'm a, you know I love that show. About? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of giving birth oh, to yeah. critters, uh, yeah, I got the, the spider egg thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the heck? It's like a giant mosquito. It was. Like I don't weird. even know what it was. Yeah. It but. was. It started off as an egg-looking thing, and then well, sprouted I, legs, and yeah. <laughs> you gotta watch the show. Oh, it's the <laughs> best. What the it's kind of show the is this? Best. What the just I just watched show like ever. What is this? It's, it's called 30 Coins. Yeah. 30 Coins. It's, it's, uh, the premise of it is that um, the 30 coins of silver that Judas got uh, okay. for portraying Jesus somehow have some kind of power to yes. them. And so whoever holds these 30 coins uh, gains powers. But they have to have all 30, not 29? No, no, no. no, 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 no if they, you, they, if some, some coins uh, you just can recently. Use, well, they, 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 in, the first, in the first season they did too. But like, if you have a coin, it basically gives you it's, – it's like a one-up. Like on a Mario brother, like yeah, do, gives basically. you a little bit of power. But yeah, the more you have, and like basically in this one, in in this season, we learned that the more you have, like so basically, I have three coins. Oh well, I have four. Uh oh, yeah. you know, yeah, the and four coins beats 30, the three. You get to yeah. hang yourself in a tree. Oh no, it's it's a uh, way more complicated than that. And uh, like yes. the way this season ended was not in the direction I was expecting it to go. <laughs> I'm surprised that they haven't gotten sued yet from Clive Barker because those demons uh, look too much like Cenobites. Oh uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> they, me, yeah. To me, they, some of them are just out. Like I, I think that they just took everybody's nightmares and. Yeah, but a lot of them. Because are like, the, well, no, no, well, but like, one, of them too, one of them too reminded me of um, I don't know what the creatures are called, but from Silent Hill. 
Oh, okay. And the you pyramid know, head. Yeah, yeah. Or, or yeah. the nurses. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, like, I think they're, like, all kind of reminiscent just because, you know, I don't know. But it's fa- it's fabulous. It's in Spanish. And then this year, um, what's his face? <laughs> the guy, <laughs> Paul Giamatti joined. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. What's his face? I love what's his face. I do love he's, Paul Giamatti. Yeah, he's okay. great. Yeah. yeah. And so he's is great. this live action? Yes. Uh-huh. A very live action. Okay. Okay. Very it's well, on, it's on very Max. well done too. It's in, it's on Max. Um, mm-hmm. It's called Thirty Coins. You can watch both seasons. Um, yeah, we waited. I waited until season two concluded because I hate watching you know weekly. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I waited until the whole season was over, and I kind of been slightly binge watching it this week. Um, so I'm up to see. I got three more shows left. So. Oh, okay. Oh, so you haven't got to see. I'm glad I didn't see anything. <laughs> the way the ending. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out what the green figures oh, that he does. Just keep up. going. Just keep I, 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 that was funny though. Cause when he got mad, he smashed that one, yeah. in, and the guy was like all flattened on the ground and his guts everywhere. Yeah, it it's very oh, weird. it's crazy. It's, that's very one of the powers stuff. of the coins. Yeah. Yes. Huh. Basically, he basically he's making caricatures. Yeah, character. Yeah, uh, fig. Figurines, basic plastic figurines of the people he wants to destroy and or control, get out of the way, and he's doing it. Oh. <laughs> Until I don't know if you got into the episode where did you get to the episode where they made it to the the sign? Oh, you mean where everybody's wearing a stupid shirt with yeah, the and, they, and they like and they blo- yeah. they're able to block the signal yeah, like yeah, it's so crazy. Stupid. Yeah, <laughs> that's where that's where he got mad and he slammed yeah. his fist down in his right because because they all blocked his signal. Oh, when she by came using out of the, the when sign. she came out of the coma, I was like, she was just all complaining the entire time. I'm like, dude, I liked her better when she was in the coma. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, she won't stop complaining. And so. um, the mayor's wife, ex, the mayor's ex wife, dude, she got crazier this season. Yeah, she did. But I couldn't understand that whole uh, goddess of death thing when they, when she had to go when she went to Veracruz. Oh, keep watching. Okay, because that was kind of weird. Keep um, watching. Oh, trust me. Yeah, she's. Whew, that's kind of weird. Seems to be the theme of the of the show. Oh, it yeah. is. It is. I like. I said. It is that is that show that you watch, and afterwards you're like, "What the did I just watch?" Like, it's well, like, but it was, like Twin Peaks back. But in the it's day. exciting. Mm-hmm. It's it's actually exciting. Except without the cherry pie. It has mm-hmm. like scary moments. It has like sci-fi moments. It's it's actually theology. it's very well acted. Yes, it is. Like superbly well, well acted. except for Paco the mirror. Oh man, sometimes he yeah, me up a wall. <laughs> sometimes yeah. Uh, <laughs> just I, 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 I'm glad he gets beat up as much as he does, uh, just because he annoys me so much. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah, it's good. All right. it's, it's a great show. It is. I actually I recommend it to a lot of people. Like uh, at work apparently, you both are very enthusiastic about the show. Good. I smell show. a spinoff show. Uh, spinoff? I don't know. It took him like three years. No, to no, I meant the two of you doing a show. Oh, on. no. <laughs> Podcast no, just on thirty it's, coins. It's yeah. very, very rare that we actually agree completely on something. So, but yeah, oh, no, yeah don't get him started on uh, Star Trek Discovery, man. It'll be violent. There's a reason why it's called STD. But anyway, prequel, prequel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a prequel. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, where were we? Oh yeah, <laughs> I think we were talking about me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Shock, shocking. Uh, so no, we were talking about uh, KaboomCon. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, and uh, I and the presale tickets that go on sale tonight at twelve. A clock in one second. Plus one second. That's right. And uh, I can't make any major announcements tonight. I tried. I begged. I pleaded. But I am able to tease something. Okay. um, That in the very near future, 
so we we have some friends you've had here on the show before the dynamic duo father son uh, Lawrence and Diego Iriarte mm-hmm. great uh, artists they they are of course going to be at KaboomCon they are also currently deep working on Murphy's Inc issue one comic book mm-hmm. uh, they are working on Murphy's Inc graphic novel experience which will be world premiered at KaboomCon which will be season three episode one uh, and nobody knows what G&E is because it's never been done on this scale before. Um, it is basically you'll have the audio of Murphy's Inc., but at the same time, you're going to have visual representations done in comic book panel style on the big screen. Hmm. Uh, so they're working very deeply on those. But what he did tell me I could tease is that they are getting us some big headliners to come uh, from the big three. And one specifically, I, he said I could even lean into a little bit more. That's from one of the rebel companies that broke off from the big two. Hmm. So, one of the rebel the speculation begins. Yes. So we we, <laughs> we will have some big names to be announcing in the hopefully near future. I'm waiting for pen and paper. I can't even read that. Oh. <laughs> Jimmy's writing stuff down, and you don't well, rail. So maybe the <laughs> next time you're on the show, you might be able to. Is what you're saying? I am hoping. I'm hoping that in the very near future, I will be able to publicly announce some of these names. Correct. <laughs> oh, okay. That's what <laughs> I thought. Yeah. Any comic book nerds kind of got the context clues already. Hopefully. Yes. Yes. Hopefully. So yeah, that that will. You know, I assume increased ticket sales as well once I'm able to make some of those announcements. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people are messaging me and they're like, who's going to be there? Who who you got lined up? And it's like, it's the first Comic Con in Carson. You should want to be there. like Just for nostalgia's sake. Yeah, I could pump out the list of the 50 plus vendors that we have that are going to be there. Yeah, I, can, I can list out all of the panels that we've already set up and established. I can, you know, lay out that Cosplay for Kindness is going to be running our cosplay contest. You know, I can, I can lay all that out, but you should just want to be there. Yeah, there's going to be some big names that we're going to be announcing in the very near yeah. future, but you're going to want to be there. Yeah, but yeah, but I know you already got some great people there already. You have, you have this you have a couple you have some great authors and me. I mean, <laughs> we we do have some great authors coming, uh many that have been on this show. Yeah. So, you know, we we've just been very fortunate and obviously the the there was a reason to try and have the partnership with Pop Culture Kaboom because you guys have a base. So, why not use uh that phrase synergy? Synergy. <laughs> Yes. That's a big word. Thank you, GE. I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. <laughs> I was thinking the English the... nerd in me was starting to go, ah, I'm restraining myself. Thank you. <laughs> it's amazing. She is turning purple, though. So yeah, yeah. you might just need to let him let it out. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was when we were talking Willy Wonka earlier. <laughs> uh, Violet, you're turning Violet. Violet. Right. I'm cosplaying as Violet. <laughs> Watch me turn purple. <laughs> well, I'm already around enough to be uh, Violet do, do, when she... <laughs> roll her into the the pressing. They got room. a juicer. Yeah. <laughs> so let, let's get it. We got a couple. Uh, we got a good amount of Five time minutes, here. Yeah. So all right. So um, everybody's list of best of 2023. Uh, Movie wise, um, quite honestly, for me, uh, there was a couple of different ones that actually came out this year that I thought were really good. Um, I think that my 
top pick though has to be the last one I saw, which was Godzilla minus one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it had everything that I go to a movie for um, a big giant lizard destroying things. So, mm-hmm. and it actually had a decent story. Um, I, if, if people at Marvel were paying attention or DC James Gunn were paying attention at all, story is everything. Yeah. And uh, that's why there are a lot of. Them, I don't like Barbie. I've never. I don't plan on ever seeing Barbie. <laughs> but I can see why people gravitated towards yeah. it. Same with Oppenheimer. Yeah, Barbieheimer. Yeah, Oppenheimer was. It's a. It's a. You know, basically, a, a, you know, based on a true story, um, which is a reason why I wouldn't watch it. <laughs> so, uh, the, you know, but I can see why people gravitated towards it, and that's where I think that these uh, other companies, you know, Disney specifically, um, with all of the stuff that they've thrown at us that actually ended up being just absolute garbage, DCEU, which was, you know, Blue Beetle. Oh, and um, culminated in uh, Aquaman 2. Yeah, uh, just the, the, the Lost the, Kingdom. Yeah, talk, yeah. About, talk about leaving on a whimper. Uh, well, you know, that, that movie kind of summarizes the whole problem with the DCEU, <laughs> and I'm glad it's just, uh, you know, they... they Dug that final hole, shoved it in there, buried it, you know, and put, did a little right, and let's move on to James Gunn. And, but hopefully James Gunn has been paying attention to what made Godzilla good. Yeah, and, but, uh, and, you know, with the, the way the story is, I think, you know, so there's uh, there's a lot more negatives when it comes to film than there was positives. Well, I know, but there was a lot of really good positives, too. I mean, even through, because this was the year of Cocaine Bear, mm-hmm. and that movie well, was hilarious. Okay. What about... Ooh, a blood and honey. <laughs> yeah, that was, okay. So. And then uh, I know you. I, I know you being a big fan of Chris Pratt. I know you were a tremendous fan of the Super Mario. Brothers no, movie. I, I still haven't seen it. Yeah, I can no. see it. I just won't. Yeah, but in all in all, <laughs> I honesty, haven't seen it though, yet either. <laughs> in, in all honesty, though, one of my favorite movies was actually towards the beginning, Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, that was really fun, I, especially I, with the dragon scene. I thought it was yeah. okay. I mean, well, it wasn't. It, it felt very much like a, like like when you actually play Dungeons and Dragons. No, <laughs> well, for for me it did. When I played Dungeons and Dragons, the dragons were never fat, <laughs> sliding down a big slope of coin. Oh, that was the with best little, part. Little of that. wings. I love that movie, and every time I watch it, because it's on like a bunch of the different streaming channels, and so I turn it on. But every time I wait for that scene, and I just crack up and laugh every single yeah. time. It makes me laugh. Okay, well, yeah, because you know it just starts. It, it it just starts off on just the right note of not taking itself seriously. Eric's waiting for Cocaine Shark. Um, Mark, <laughs> you, that is a movie, actually. I know. Yep. Uh, did you have any uh, highlights in the movies for you? Well, my highlight was one you already referenced, which was Oppenheimer. Uh, I mm-hmm. absolutely loved it. I thought it was well-produced. Uh, I think they took the right moments of his life to to tell that story. Um, and the fact that it was shot in IMAX, all practical effects, um, I have a lot of respect for they set it. set off a real nuclear bomb? Uh, it was all practical effects. But, uh, I don't believe don't they used, not that practical. I don't believe they used an actual uh, <laughs> atomic bomb. Right. Okay. Uh, I believe it was miniatures. <laughs> yes. Yes. So yeah, for me, uh, Oppenheimer was amazing. The other side of the coin, you guys have already referenced. DC continues to bomb, but uh, what was really disappointing was seeing how far down the hill Marvel has come. I think this was by far their worst year for films. Well, and, and there were some horrible films, too. I mean, they were all just cookie cutter. It's like they didn't take any yeah. of the actual story of a character mm-hmm. and made it about that character. It was just like, okay, here's the formula for a character. 
and we'll just slap a different name on it. Yeah, yeah and they've made all I, the characters. I disagree. Stupider. I actually enjoyed Ms. I enjoyed the the Marvels. I thought well, it was a great uh, yeah. story, and I thought they did great compared to the first Captain Marvel. The Marvels was Citizen freaking Kane. I mean, okay. <laughs> Comparatively, um, comparatively speaking. Ah, just in time. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you my pluses when we get back. Okay. <laughs> so we'll get uh, Rob's pluses for movies and uh, so negatives. I don't think we've really gotten into his. Uh, when we get back, so don't go anywhere. More Pop Culture Kaboom radio show New Year's Eve special with special in-studio guest Mark Hilton meow, meow, from meow. 97 and Now Productions and uh, apparently a Foley expert, too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back with more right after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And we're having our New Year's Eve special show. And we got done talking uh, pretty much uh, mine, Spencer, and our in-studio guest, Mark Helton's opinions about uh, what was good and what wasn't good, in our opinions as uh, well, Mostly good. For but we movies. Yeah, mostly good. We haven't and really talked about that. Now pads. we're going to really talk. Now we're, well, yeah, but we need, still of, need Rob's goods. But now we're going to hear <laughs> Rob's opinion on uh, movies. Um, actually, I, this year was kind of like hit and miss with the movies. Um, I think everybody agrees. <laughs> uh, but I, um, I actually, I went with movies that I, I enjoyed watching. Mm-hmm. So uh, that included uh, Cocaine Bear, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Evil Dead Rise, Talk Dead to Me, and um, The Marvels. So, yeah, c- compared to the first Captain Marvel, the Marvels, the Marvels was actually entertaining. I thought they care. I thought they did very well with carrying the story over from the Marvels TV show, and I think that they kind of they set up the Young Avengers very well at the end of it. So true. Yeah, Good the points. only problem is everything they alluded to in the movie. I felt would have made a much better movie. <laughs> yeah, true. Good point. Yeah. I don't know. Very cookie cutter. Didn't really care much about the villain that was involved in the in the Marvels. So yeah, I, yeah, I thought the uh, yeah. person, uh, the actress playing uh, Kamala Khan, mm-hmm. um, I think was the most enjoyable part of that. Oh yeah, movie. easily. I loved her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, as far as the rest of the movie, it was just kind of just the same old, same old to me, and it mm-hmm. just felt very blasé. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah, what I a did, big word, it... blasé. <laughs> I sound all French. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right so, so, so now, some, how about some of our worst? Well, we talked about Aquaman 2 and the DCEU. But, I mean, and they're Marvel and their garbage movies yeah. this year. But, yeah, but you know, there, there's a lot more garbage out there, sir. Oh, well, yes, like yeah, 65. You only get to pick one. <laughs> yeah, you, you, we don't need to do a segment on the worst stuff. Well, no, but, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, like, there were things that were disappointing, like Rebel Moon. I really wanted to like Rebel Moon. But then... Here's I think the everybody wanted to like it. Yeah. But yeah, then we were also knew it was Jack Zack Snyder, so. Yeah, but, then, <laughs> but, but then, of course, there was Indiana Jones, which was the most unnecessary sequel ever made. Was not as bad as Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yep. But then, uh, for, for me, actually, my wife introduced me to this movie, and we, were, we watched it, and we both got very disappointed just simply because of the ending. The Julia Roberts movie, Leave the World Behind. Oh, it's well. set in post-apocalypse. The ending is so insipid, it makes it so the rest of the movie sucks. Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad I didn't watch it. <laughs> yes, so, be glad. Uh, this is your warning. Avoid it. It sucks. 
Okay. All right. So we're going to get into the uh, movies that are coming out this coming week. Each week, the Film Powers That Be released dozens of movies since we're really late on doing this segment. <laughs> Some of which you will never hear about except yeah. Each week's upcoming releases are carefully picked over from Rotten Tomatoes and up to five films are selected from genres that I would watch. Those genres are action, adventure, horror, science fiction, anime, or fantasy, and that is pretty much it. With that in mind, we sit through some of the most hideous trailers ever made, and we'll read you the synopsis of each film, then give you our not-so-humble opinions. Bear in mind, we are not professional movie critics. We're just overly opinionated blowhards, but we here at the Pop Culture Boom Radio Show, we utilize a carefully crafted and patented movie rating system, which goes as follows. If it is worth seeing in a theater at full price, it is a good, not a great movie. That is to be determined by you if you choose to see it in a theater. If it is worth seeing as a matinee or in your town's cheap theater, it is considered a so-so. If it seems worth watching on a streaming service or as a rental or however you choose to watch it while avoiding social interaction, it is a blah. And if it is deemed so awful, you might as well wait for it to be on public television. It is considered, or in the case of Barbie uh, not watching it at all, a touch (laughs) brown because FCC regulations say we can't use profanity. So we've got five <laughs> movies, uh, one of which is the 40-ounce monkey in the room this week. And I will kick things off, and uh, Mark Helton is going to be taking Tony Sanfilippo's place as far as being the uh, secondary on the movies, yes? All right, sure. And reading the synopses on these. I'm going to start off with The Painter. And this is an actual movie, yes. The Painter. Not, not what you would think. It's not like The Piano. Remember that one with Harvey Cattell? Yes. I'm still working hard to forget it. Me too. Uh, An ex-CIA operative. I could not get out of that movie theater fast enough. I was literally climbing over chairs. Ask my (laughs) wife. Uh, An ex-CIA operative turned painter is thrown back into a dangerous world when a mysterious woman from his past resurfaces. Now exposed and targeted by a relentless killer in a rogue black ops program, he must rely on skills he thought he left behind in a high-stakes game of survival. So what is it with former CIA agencies this week uh, somehow making a decent living doing the most menial jobs? So so retired uh, or in hiding, former CIA agent Peter, I only know this because they say his name like 20 times in the trailer, so the other characters don't forget, I guess. His daughter or wife's daughter or someone he knew from his CIA days tracks him down, and he wonders how. Doesn't bother to question a dozen black-suited assailants attacking his Abraham Lincoln log cabin uh, or how they found him, just how she did. But I do wonder how he got super hearing and can hear a twig snap in a snow from 40 yards away. While the movie explained that one, but I digress. I lost track of what the trailer was about, so I drifted off into my own world, creating taglines for the painter, things like, The painter, every stroke is death. (laughs) 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 Or the painter, coating the world in blood red. (laughs) Anyway, it's a touch brown. Uh, Rob, what say you? (laughs) Well, um, this looks like like your average TV movie of the week, (laughs) starring the ex-CIA operative who pretends that he's not who he is at first because he can't trust this girl. I don't even understand, like, the whole point behind that part. Um, Oh, you found out. You do know my my mother. Yes. I mean, seriously, like, you just thought it was some random guy that you got tracked down to? I mean, come on. Um, I have to agree with Jimmy on the whole twig snapping because the way they made it, too, it was just like, all of a sudden, twig snap. They focus on his ear, and he, like, turns, get to the bathroom. 
go upstairs, turn down, get the door on the right. Lock the door, hide in the bathroom. Right? It was just like, okay, this is going to turn into some horrible, like, TV movie of the week, which it did. So, like, (laughs) (laughs) touch brown. Okay. Spencer, what say you? Okay, I I basically echo a lot of your guys' assessments on this. Echo, echo, echo. There is a weird... You know, Hollywood just kind of has a weird confluence of ideas every so often. You know, with the, you had Armageddon and Deep Impact. You know, you, you have you, they have a history of releasing movies with similar concepts. I never thought they'd go with the ex spy doing a doing a regular job after they retire motif, because uh, we have the painter here, and we will get to the bricklayer. So now all we need is the plumber. And the carpenter, and you can have, and you can have them build the black ops house for you. I mean, this uh, why <laughs> um, the, the painter. Uh, I mean, it'll be fun for like some good mindless action. So I probably might might pop it on on Netflix or something when it comes out there. So I'll I'll give it a so so just because it looks like the action could be fun. Wow. Okay, Mark. Wow. What say you? Uh, ooh, I get it. Not only does he draw pretty well, but also spills a lot of blood. Uh, instead of being on the wet team, he's the painter. So going back to some of your comments. Uh, this is movie one out of three that we're going to be talking about tonight that feels like it's basically telling the same exact right? story. Mm-hmm. Touch Brown. Okay. All right. So moving on. Uh, Mark, what is next? Uh, well, since it was already brought up, why don't we go ahead and do the bricklayer? Okay. The Bricklayer follows a rogue insurgent blackmailing the CIA by assassinating foreign journalists and making it appear the agency is responsible. As other nations begin turning against the U.S., the CIA must lure Steve Vale, their most brilliant and rebellious operative, out of retirement. With an elite and deadly skill set, Vale is tasked with helping clear the agency's name, forcing him to confront his checkered past while unraveling an international conspiracy. (laughs) <laughs> so this is the poor man's version of Bond, Jack Reacher, the Bourne series, Mission Impossible, or the Has Fallen series. Oh, that's right, Aaron Eckert. He he was in those films, right? Uh, bricklayer, more like I need to lay a brick after watching this trailer. Touch ground. <laughs> he went with the poop joke. <laughs> All right, so he's tough at scary. So he's so tough at scary though. With the world the way it is, and what we do and don't know about the CIA, is he really one of the good guys? Clearly suffering from some form of OCD, he always uh, brings his tools, mainly I guess, to spread mortar and commit murder. Yes, I'm stretching to make it more interesting than it actually was. Quick edits and nonstop action with time for goofy comedic couple breaks makes this not fun, but goofy. It makes this an eye-rolling blah. I would actually still see it. (laughs) Just not in a a theater. All right. uh, Spencer? I feel like I'm doing the marvel of uh, movie review of movie trailer reviews now because basically you can just take everything I just said on the painter and slap it on the bricklayer mm-hmm. because it's basically, basically the exact same movie. Okay, so so, uh, Rob. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shock. Shocking. No, but uh, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> I mean, again, the action looks fun. I, I like Aaron Eckhart. I, I wish that he could just find the thing that works for him. You because know, he's he does all these weird things and he's great in a lot of the things. Like you know, he was in The Dark Knight. He was really good as Harvey Dent, Two Face. There, he's he's good in what he's in, but a lot of what he's in is crap. 
and this might be in that in that list as well. But because the action looks fun and I like Aaron Eckhart, I want him to succeed. I will give it a blah as well. Okay, Rob. Yes, um, apparently the CIA can't train people anymore because their <laughs> most brilliant operative has retired, you know, uh, which makes me worry more about the state of the <laughs> America than the movie itself. Um, it, why are they trying to make Aaron Eckhart a, like, action hero? He is not an action hero. He is, like, weirdly lanky and skinny. <laughs> like, he does not... He does not have any type of, like, fierce, like, face that would make me go, like, ooh, I'm scared of you. Like, they just need to stop. And I feel bad for him that his agents, like, keep throwing this at him and he keeps getting these parts. Like, that's the worst part. Um, pay bills. Yeah. <laughs> so, for me, it's Touch Brown. Okay. All right. So, let's move on to Roadkill. Lost while traveling through a rural country and through a rural county in 1983. There's a lot of them back then, actually. A young woman crosses paths with a hitchhiker headed to the same destination and offers a ride in exchange for directions. Their journey takes... She couldn't buy a map. Their journey takes a violent turn when the two are caught up in a police manhunt for a fugitive killer. As victims begin to amass and authorities close in, it becomes a fight for survival on the open road. Did they write the synopsis from a script outline? If you watch the trailer, she is clearly the Clary's killer and the Rambo off wish is clearly a victim. Stealing ideas from movies like The Hitcher, uh, Hitch, The Hitchhiker, and Death Proof. But this time it's the female villain with daddy issues. I would go into it further, but I lost interest really quick. So touch brown. And uh, Rob, what say you? Uh, yes. Um, I had no idea just looking at the trailer that it was set in 1983. There was no indication, like... There was except, a payphone. Oh, I was gonna say, and maybe the <laughs> car, but, like, <laughs> other than that, like, their clothes gave me no indication, like, their costume designer sucks. Mm -hmm. Like, um, that's what, yeah, I, you know... Yeah, they were not 80s at all. Um, yeah, and... I mean, seriously, like, you could have totally saw it coming that she was, like, the killer, like, girl. <laughs> Especially when she, the way she picked up the hitchhiker. Um, terrible, terrible movie. I can't believe, like, we have so many bad this week. But, yeah, another touch around. <laughs> okay, oh. TB for you. Oh, and by the way, Spencer, um, uh, Eric says uh, he liked, uh, liked him in Battle Los Angeles. <laughs> I have not seen Battle Los Angeles. I have, so. actually. It's really, it was it was a pretty decent movie. Well, you know, Christopher Lee did say that, you know, if you're going to do a bad movie, you just make sure you are not bad in it. Speaking of, so, uh, Roadkill. <clears throat> bad movie. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> um, nothing really good. Touch Brown, Mark? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, yeah, go ahead and give a spoiler to my review, sir. Yeah, I, I'm going to give it a Touch Brown. Okay. But um, mostly just because it's kind of predictable and it's trying to be edgy and trying to make it, ooh, it's a girl villain. I mean, like. Is that where you thought it was trying to be edgy? Because I totally didn't get it. It was trying to be edgy. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's kind of my point. Okay. It, it was about as edgy as a bowling ball. Wow, okay. <laughs> and. Uh, it just didn't seem fun. It just seemed touch brown to me. Okay. <laughs> Mark? Aside from the eye candy, wait, isn't this just basically a ripoff of a film by the same exact name from Australia that came out less than two years ago? <laughs> Only difference really is that the time period and location that it takes place in. Touch brown. Okay. <laughs> and I think we might have our last brown streak of the year. Right? <laughs> For roadkill. Okay, what is next, sir? Uh, dealer's choice. What do you want me to do? 
And the one that's not the 40-ounce monkey in the room. Yes. So I guess that leaves me with mayhem. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> Sam is a professional boxer about to be released from prison in France. But while on parole, his past catches up with him and he is forced to flee the country. Five years later, he has rebuilt a simple life on an exotic island in Thailand with his wife Mia and her daughter Dara. Working multiple jobs to support his family and buy a piece of land to build a restaurant. As his life begins to improve, a job gone wrong puts Sam in the crosshairs of local crime lord Narong, who retaliates with brutal violence. Crushed but still alive, Sam is left with only one purpose, to seek merciless and bone-breaking vengeance. Right. we got about 40 20, seconds. 40 seconds, sir. All right. All right. I'll make it quick then, because I can. Well, that's two <laughs> minutes I'm never getting back. <laughs> The trailer even cites the film concept that it's ripping off. I will say, at least this guy is trying to avenge his family rather than going on a killing rampage over a dog. Touch brown. Okay. <laughs> and I guess we'll just do a recap really quick here. The Painter. Spencer gave it a so-so. Everybody else gave it a touch brown. The Bricklayer. I gave it a blah. And Spencer gave it a blah. Rob and Mark gave it a touch browns. And Roadkill uh, left a big streak, not on the pavement or the asphalt, but apparently in the toilet with a big touch brown all the way to the end. And mayhem so far mark has given it a touch brown we will get mine spencer's and rob's opinions on mayhem and the 40 ounce monkey in the room this week when we get back so don't go anywhere if you missed any part of the show don't forget you can go and check out the podcast uh, pop culture kaboom podcast on your favorite podcast platform 24 7 so go check it out now subscribe yeah and i'll talk to you after, right after this Content not for radio. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back Shocking. to the pop shock. Welcome back to the pop culture kaboom radio show. New Year's Eve special. I hope we are entertaining you on this uh, festive night. Um, please, no drunk but dialing your ex in twenty twenty four. Please. Yeah. Anyway, we're talking to somebody. Specific. We're going over <laughs> movies. Uh, so far, we've done the painter. Uh, Spencer gave it its highest rating with a so-so, and Mark, Rob, and I gave it a touch brown. The bricklayer. Um, apparently, according to Robin Market, laid a brick, and uh, for me and Spencer, it's a blah. Um, Roadkill is a big brown streak. And Mayhem, uh, Sam is a professional boxer about to be released from prison in France, but while on parole, his past catches up with him and he is forced to flee the country. Five years later, he has rebuilt a simple life on an exotic island in Thailand with his wife, Maya, and his daughter, Dara. Dora? No, Dara. Working multiple jobs to support his family and buy a piece of land to build a restaurant as his life begins to improve. A job gone wrong puts Sam in the crosshairs of local crime lord Narong wrong it sounds like one of those Godzilla monkey names but anyway who retaliates with brutal violence crushed by crushed but still alive Sam is left with only one purpose to seek merciless and bone-breaking revenge and uh, Mark gave it a touch brown 
What I got to say about that is, uh, I don't know how a simple life includes a job gone wrong that gets you in trouble with a local crime lord. But anyway, movie has to movie, I guess, boasting some of the best fight choreography in a long time, whatever that means, since I thought all the John Wilk films had pretty good uh, fight choreography. I do believe this is an action movie buff's dream movie, heavy on the action, very light on the plot, but definitely don't strike, didn't strike a chord with me, so I'm giving it a touch brown also. Uh, Spencer, what say you? I am a fan of mindless action movies. I mean, I cut my teeth growing up on Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone. I love mindless action movies. But this one, the action looks brutal, but it doesn't look fun. And and this is, you know, it's another movie about bad people doing bad things to other bad people, so you have to care about the first bad person because... He was the one with his na- who's the main character. Nah, not enough for me to care about it. Uh, I, I mean, I might, I might watch it for the action, so I'll give it a blah. But... Blah, 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 blah. Rob, what say you? Uh, well, I watched this as the third of the very similar movie <laughs> yes. uh, that we watched this week. And out of those, this one actually was the better of them. <laughs> as both me and my wife were sitting there going... Well, at least it wasn't that first one that we watched. <laughs> um, it just seems like we're just keep... I mean, I know Hollywood is out of ideas, but come on. Yeah. Like, we, we are just, like, really, like, not even trying to stretch anything here. Like, we have no original concepts. I feel really bad for Hollywood in, in its moments now. But... It, it looks, it actually, like I said, out of all of the ones that we've seen so far, this one actually looks the best. So this one, I would actually say a blah. Like, wow. Of all the horses in the glue factory, this one looks the strongest. All right. right. That's a really interesting uh, imagery there. Thanks. All right. So that brings us to the 40-ounce monkey in the room this week, which is Night Swim. Based on the acclaimed 2014 short short film by Rod Blackhurst and Bryce McGuire, the film stars Wyatt Russell as Ray Waller, a former Major League Baseball player forced into early retirement by a degenerative illness, who moves into a new home with his concerned wife, Eve, teenage daughter, Izzy, and young son, Elliot. Um, Elliot. Secret, uh, secretly hoping against the odds to return. There was a E.T. reference in there, but I just didn't want to follow through with it. Uh, to return to pro ball, Ray persuades Eve that the new home's shimmering backyard swimming pool will be fun for the kids and provide physical therapy for him. But a dark secret in the home's past will unleash a malevolent force that will drag the family under. Because it's a pool. Get it? Because it drags. Anyway. <laughs> Into the depths of inescapable terror. Now that all those bad puns I jokes things I was saying about the painter kind of make sense mm-hmm. now when they put stuff like this in the actual synopsis. Anyway, if it was an acclaimed short film, there was probably a reason for it being a short film. First, if it's based on a short film... I can only imagine that they drew in what they what they drew in threw in to pad that runtime. Second, why are horror movies populated with Darwin Award winners? I have seen enough horror movies in my lifetime that at this point, if you're so dumb to connect, dumb you can't connect the dots, you deserve what happens to you. I can only imagine whatever reasoning behind the haunting slash supernatural occurrences. But at this at the time at the same time, no person dumb enough to let it get as far as it does. The trailer should be allowed an out 
and shouldn't be able to stop slash pause whatever evil lurks in the swimming pool. I'd still watch this, though. And yes, it is an entry in the jump scare drinking game. So make sure you have your favorite adult beverage on hand for this. I'd actually give it a blah, believe it or not. Rob, what say you? Uh, yes, we finally actually have a movie with young Wyatt Russell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually think this one it looks good. I like when A24 does bit, um, like really short, independent-style movies. They tend to work out better for them as far as the scares go um, than when they try to do like their more mainstreamy type movies. Um, so I'm hoping that this one still falls into that track. Um, I actually did see the little short film because it's on YouTube, um, and it's actually pretty good. Um, but I like many short films. It does leave us going, oh, I wish there was more. So that's why. I and then you get the did. more and you're like, oh, I wish I didn't well, have more. Like I said, this one, it, this one looks intriguing. <laughs> There's a few little like plot holy things like when the girl's doing Marco Polo and the guy's not answering her. I'm sorry, stupid girl. Open your eyes. Like, yeah. you know, like <laughs> Darwin Award winner. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, mm-hmm. at that point, it's like, OK, you just asked him. You need to say something. You just said it five more times and he's still not answering. Open your eyes. You know, like. So there's a few little plot holy things, but yeah, she should look down. He was probably floating at the bottom of the pool. <laughs> no, he point. got out. You, what, you I know he got out, but she should open her eyes. He, was, he might have been yeah. floating at the bottom of the pool. Well, that's the thing. Like it's just like some of those things, but that's in every horror movie. You always yeah. have the stupid person, <laughs> like who does the stupid thing, and that's why. Like, in this case, it's yeah. the whole family. I mm-hmm. don't think so, <laughs> because there's the little possession thing going on there with uh, Wyatt Russell happening. So. I think it should be interesting. the wife is a Darwin Award winner, because you shouldn't have let it get that far, wifey. (laughs) Hey, you can't prevent some uh, possessions, all right? Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you give it? I'm going to say with so-so. So-so. Okay, Spencer? Well, uh, I I do like Wyatt Russell, and he's... He seems he seems to be cha- t- trying to channel his inner uh, Jack Nicholson from The Shining in the second half of the trailer. Um, so so that that could be fun or terrible depending on, on how it goes. Uh, a lot of the the horror jump scare imagery was interesting. I mean, it was actually it actually the, the trailer actually unlike pretty much all the other trailers this week. This one actually made me kind of want to see this. So, uh, but. Um, because I'm cheap, and uh, I I like Wyatt Russell, but I'm not a tremendous fan of his yet because he hasn't done anything to really grab me yet. I will give it a so-so. Okay, two so-so so far. It's the highest rated one. Mark, what say you? <clears throat> so we've seen haunted or possessed cars, mm-hmm. books, children's toys, refrigerators, and I guess now swimming pools. Mm-hmm. Wyatt Russell goes from the MCU to Godzilla to this i guess don't eat before seeing this one because you're sure to get cramps touch brown (laughs) (laughs) you know that's what i like about mark he's you know very very even-handed and you know he really just you know everything's a touch (laughs) brown this week all right not my fault it's what you gave me to work with I don't. I don't put the movies out. I, I like that he doesn't hold back what he thinks. All right. So, <laughs> Night Swim, believe it or not, still got the highest rating of all the movies. That's why it was the forty ounce monkey, I guess. Uh, but it got uh, Robin Spencer gave it so so. So I gave it a blah, and Mark gave it a touch brown. And that concludes the movies next week. The first full week of January, January eighth through the fourteenth, we got the Beekeeper, Great Pretender, not the song, The Night <laughs> They Came Home, and Tim. Mm. I, I is, he, is he in the well? 
it's an acronym. It's a techno- techn- technologically integrated manservant. I, I really hope that the gatekeeper is in the line with you know the bricklayer. It is. Post. It is. It is. It's, oh, good. Because yeah. <laughs> that way they have subs. But it's Jason Statham. Yeah, he's he's the beekeeper. Great. <laughs> and it's actually like a, it's kind of like it starts off kind of like a, with a sad story because like it's all about his friend. I don't know his his relationship to her, but she gets scammed and then gets killed. And... A, a digital scam or some mm-hmm. some weird trading online trading scam and blah blah. blah. Blah blah. Anyway, uh, that's, so those that's are the, the ratings you'll be giving next week. Blah blah blah. No, pretty He's pretty much a solid uh, brown streak, right? <laughs> so yeah, those are the four that I got so far the, for next week from January eighth to January fourteenth. All righty then. So um, we've talked about just about everything. Um, we are forty five minutes until the East Coast hits their New Year's Eve, so mm-hmm. hopefully you guys are already back east for that. Everybody in New York, Philadelphia, Florida, um, Jacksonville, Florida specifically. Um, where else uh, on the East Coast? Uh, Maine, New York, New Hampshire. No, that listeners. Um, <laughs> I'm just going for our listeners. I could care, care, I could care less about the rest of the population. Um, so New York, Philadelphia, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it um, for as far as the East Coast goes. And I can rattle off on the top, off the top of my head. But anyway, uh, so I'm just going to scroll the news stuff here since we got so little time to go. <clears throat> uh, so, actually, yeah, you guys might appreciate this one. Uh, so, Starbreeze reveals that they are currently working with Wizards of the Coast to produce a brand new Dungeons and Dragons video game. According to the company, the game is currently being made under the code name Project Baxter. Why, if you already uh, if you're announcing you're doing the game, why are you working under a code name? It makes no sense, and will be set within the Forgotten Realms while retaining some of the mechanics that the company has applied to previous titles. This includes co-op multiplayer, co-op multiplayer, which gives us a little bit of a hint of what we can expect. It's probably not going to be a payday-like game. But the idea of having a party of four play remotely as a team in a, in a Dungeons and Dragons environment does sound intriguing. We have a couple of quotes from both parties below, as the game will aim to be released sometime in 2026. Starbreeze revealed that they are currently working with Wizards of the Coast to produce a brand new. Okay, thanks for repeating yourself. According to the company, the game is currently being made. Why are you repeating yourself? Because uh, they get paid by the word. I guess so. So that's all the article is, is just um, repeating themselves, which oh, yeah, is the, kind of goofy. Well, they're going to have a lot to to, top, to, to work to have to top uh, Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah, they are. So KISS played their final show on December 2nd at Madison Square Garden, but it won't be the last time fans will be able to see the band take the stage. At the end of the show, KISS surprised the audience by announcing they'd continue their legacy as avatars and previewed what the future held with an avatar performance of God Gave Rock and Roll to You. Now we have a date for the first Avatar shows, or a year at least, 2027. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, the band shared a teaser video on YouTube with a description that reads, 50 years is a long time, and what the future holds is in the making. We can be forever young and forever iconic by taking us places we've never dreamed of before. I guess Gene Simmons always wanted to have wings and fly around and spit fire. <laughs> 
Jim Simmons said in a statement about the avatars, which were created by George Lucas Visual Art Effects Company, Industrial Light and Magic, technology is going to make Paul jump higher than he's ever done before. Uh, what we've accomplished has been amazing, but it's not enough, Stanley added. The band deserves to live on because the band is bigger than we are. It's exciting for us to go to go to to go with the next step and see Kiss immortalized. I mean, we've spent 50 years building it to this point, and by working with ILM and working with Pop House, we're, we're all sharing this vision of taking Kiss to a completely different level beyond being just a music band. And we've always thought to ourselves, as more than just a music band, the avatars will stand at eight feet tall and possess superpowers like flying and breathing fire. <laughs> The shows will be in partnership with Pop House Entertainment Group, which put on the virtual ABBA voyage. Any thoughts on that, Mark? Uh, I would say that the production value for, for the ABBA show, having seen a lot of that online, um, if it's anything in that style, I think it'll be good. Uh, the the ABBA production, you know, it, it's an interesting concept. It's its own theater. They can take that thing down, build it up, put it anywhere in the world. Uh, so I don't know if they're going to be going that direction with it. Uh, they can do, I think, 2,500-ish people per performance, and they do multiple a night. So, you know, uh, they do long runs with ABBA. It's been, it was in one place for, I think, two years, and it's supposed to be moving next year, I think. So, you know, if that's what they're going to do and take KISS to Detroit and put them in Detroit for two years and do a run there where people can go to see them any night of the week, basically... Uh, I guess if you're a big KISS fan, it, there's value there. Or even if you're a fan of technology and you just want to see, there's there's value there. But uh, I'm a fan of technology, but I already know the technology, so I have no interest. Oh, okay. Multiple shows daily for long periods of time. That sounds like it's bound for Vegas, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. The Sphere, even, maybe. Yeah, well, I don't know about the Sphere, but I think they're going to be kicking Celine, on, Celine it, Dion off stage. It's more finally. or less expensive than their concerts. You know, that's, <laughs> they are that's probably <laughs> on par, well, actually. They did prove that, that, that Kiss is bigger than themselves, because in the 80s, they took off all their makeup, and basically everybody went, put it back on! Put <laughs> it back on! That they did. Well, it is time for us to take a break. When we get back, more Pop Culture Boom Radio Show with Mark Hilton from 97 and Opera Productions and so much more to talk about with 97 and Now Productions, like everything that they got coming up next year. So we'll hear all about that when we get back. So don't go anywhere. More Paul Culture Boom Radio Show right after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Boom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment are in studio. Guest is Mr. Mark Helton from 97 to Now Productions. If you'd like to go ahead and check out everything that 97 to Now Productions is doing, you can find them on the Facebook. And when they post, I do post it into the Pop Culture Kaboom news feed on Facebook as well. So you get uh, kind of a double tap if you uh, miss one. You hopefully will get the R's in the uh, uh, what is, shall we say, the uh, algorithm of uh, Facebook? We'll uh, cover you on that one. Um, so you got a lot of stuff going on. Not only do you have um, auditions for Oak Bridge coming up uh, mm -hmm. at the start of next year, next month and a couple of weeks here. 
Um, but you also have uh, season three of uh, Murphy's Inc. going on. That is correct. And uh, there, and what else is uh, you got KaboomCon going on? Correct. Uh, also, Fat Black Connection weekly. Yeah. Um, and what else does uh, ninety seven and Out Productions have going on for twenty twenty four? Well, we do produce the uh, Pop Culture Kaboom podcast as yes. well, so uh, mm-hmm. we're, we're we're rocking and rolling with that. And uh, we have another audio drama potentially that uh, a writer, a creator has reached out to us uh, that we very much like the concept, like the story. Um, and so we're waiting on a pilot, um, the pitch we, we liked. So we're, we've said, give us a pilot. Let's see what that looks like. So it is entirely possible before this year is out that we will have a third audio drama in production. Mm, awesome. <clears throat> so what do you look for um, um, and if someone were to pitch you an audio drama? Uh, what, what, what is it that 97 to Now Productions looks for? So the biggest thing that we're looking for is we want the, the whole premise of 97 to Now Productions was to give uh, people opportunity that they might not otherwise get. <clears throat> we're not looking for the best and brightest. We're looking for unique and interesting. Um, so in the example of Oak Bridge, when you know, Ashley reached out the pitch. It, it felt like stranger things, you know, and especially since stranger things was, you know, when she first pitched, it was not finished yet. Um, it was like, okay, I, I can see that there will be a built in audience for this, but that's not necessarily why I want to do it. Um, as we got more into development and fleshing out what the series would look like, I was like, okay, Season one definitely is going to feel like it could tap into Stranger Things, but from there it's going to branch off. And so that's where for me as a creative, it's like, okay, I can do this. I don't want to just steal other people's work or concepts. Murphy's Inc., for example, really appealed to me because I love time travel in general, but it was a unique take. I've never seen anyone really do a story where they're taking – a time machine and let's go back in time and steal stuff and we'll leave replicas. Um, that to me was just very appealing. So when I'm trying to work with, with a creator or, or looking at unique things to take on, it can be a concept that's been used, but it's got to have its own fresh spin on it. Okay. And if somebody has an idea on a, uh, audio drama, um, how would they present that to you? you <clears throat> you've mentioned doing a pitch, but uh, what would that entail? So usually when, when I have a meeting <clears throat> with a creator, I, I like to, I hope that they are going to come with a certain amount of things outlined, you know, a, a series arc of what their goal is, uh, a season one specifically, what that looks like and draws out. Uh, and then ideally, if they have a pilot ready for the first episode, Um, But definitely within that, you need to have your characters fleshed out, who they are, what they look like, smell like, feel like. You know, yes, this is just the audio world, but we can make it, you know, as robust as possible, just less the visuals. So I expect the same level of detail from a creator for an audio drama as if it was television or movie. Now, somebody didn't know how to write an audio drama script or do a pitch for an audio drama um, say if they already have an existing property, whether it be a novel or a comic book um, or even a, a film idea mm-hmm. or a series idea, um, 
Do you work with those people say if they come to you and say, "Hey, I got this idea. I was initially thinking TV series, but here's my idea." Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> so that uh, Captain Fearless, for example, was originally intended to be potentially a television series. Murder by Garlic, another series that we or individual one-off that we produced that has 22 other episodes ready to go pretty much was originally intended to be television and so it was already scripted laid out for television uh so we just had to go through it make tweaks um you know make it more appropriate for the audio realm but you know at the end of the day i've had uh writers on murphy's inc who turn in a script and it's basically as if it's written for tv okay well i just need to go in and cut out camera shots things of that nature it's not a big deal it's also nice to have that content because who knows maybe one day murphy's Inc. gets picked up and we we get to do that now as far as uh 97 and our productions is concerned um taking something like murphy's Inc. <clears throat> since it's going to be going into season three next year mm -hmm. as far as audio drama aspect um, and it's being converted, it's going to be coming out with a, a comic book for it. Mm -hmm. um, is that something you plan on doing with like other properties that 97 and Not Productions is working with, other IP? I think it's really going to be dependent on how this goes. You know, we're, we're just like with the con, we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants trying this stuff out. We think we can do it. We think we can do it well. We think we've got the right players bringing in, you know, I wouldn't say the heaviest of hitters, but bringing in mm -hmm. well known comic book artists who are you know the father son of lumpia right now uh lumpia with a vengeance getting those guys to be on board and want to work on murphy's Inc. comic book that that helps right you know they already have the clout they're already known they're they're presenters at you know comic-con san diego uh you know they're all over the country so that that definitely is helpful if it's something where we can find that level of interest yeah, I mean, Oak Bridge, I think, has, I think Oak Bridge really has the possibility to be picked up for live action, uh, which I would love to see with Murphy's Inc. as well. Um, and we're open to those things. You know, we've we've been contacted by others for doing Murphy's Inc. as animation or turning it into a tabletop game, which I would love. Um, but I'm not just going to do it to do it. It's got to be the right pitch. It's got to be staying true to the story. So that that's those are the important things is and with oak bridge when i'm working with you know side by side as a producer i'm working with a creator i need to make sure that she is getting what she is looking for for her property from what i understand and from what you described about oak bridge i can actually see it as an interactive type of uh um you know choose your adventure type of video game absolutely so that'd be interesting in and of itself so awesome um so Let's get to some more stories, shall we? <clears throat> As I clear my throat really abruptly and weirdly. Anyway, uh, so speaking of television, back in September, we got the heads up from Amazon that something big would be hitting Prime Video subscribers in 2024. And no, we're not talking about the eagerly anticipated four season of Amazon and showrunner Eric Krippitz, The Boys. No, we're talking ads. With the company confirming that commercials in films and television series will begin rolling out in the U.S., U.K., Germany, and Canada in early 2024, followed by France, Italy, Spain, Mexico, and Australia later in the year. You're not immune. If you're an Amazon Prime member, 
then along with all of the non-prime video stuff that you get for your $14.99 monthly subscription, you know, you know that you use to enjoy streaming vid prime video movies and television series without having to be bothered by ads. Well, you can keep enjoying that lifestyle if you want for an additional $2.99 a month in the U.S. beginning January 29th, 2024. If you opt not to go that route, then your monthly subscription fee won't change. But your very viewing experience will to be a bit more ad heavy in air quotes, by the way. Here's how the notification to Prime Video members began. We are writing you to, to you today about an upcoming change to your Prime Video experience. Starting January 29th, Prime Video movies and TV shows will include limited advertisements. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Limited. There, there are some. Worse yeah, that, that should have been in air quotes. Yeah, uh, this will uh, this will allow us to continue investing in complying and comp compelling content, and keep and keep increasing the investment over a long period of time. We aim to have meaningful fewer ads than linear TV and other streaming TV providers. No action is required from you, and there is no charge to the current price. Of your Prime membership. Actually, you should get a price reduction, but that's my opinion. We'll also offer a new ad-free option for an additional $2.99 per month. It's a move that's apparently become the new, in air quotes, thing with studios, streamers, multi-tiered subscription plans based on ads and premium level offerings. Football, football fans who checked out Prime Video's Thursday Night Football have already gotten a few uh, gotten a preview of how it's going to work with live commercials breaks built into the broadcast. Well, those breaks won't be be for sports anymore. For its part, Amazon urges that the addition to, of ads will increase its ability to continually invest in Prime Video programming. In addition, Amazon reassures subscribers that the ads will be limited. Uh, though how limited was was but wasn't specific, and that the streamer will maintain meaningful meaningfully fewer ads than the linear TV and other t streaming TV providers. Yeah. But but what if you don't want ads? Well, there's a way to get around it uh, to keep that what you already have. But as most things go in the streaming era, it's gonna cost ya. So, you know, this is kind of, cable kind of started that way. It started out as an alternative you pay for, so you don't have to watch ads. You can see premium movies and all that fun stuff. Then it grew. They started putting ads and other and uh, and everything in there. Then people started leaving cable for streaming because streaming didn't have ads, and you can see premium movies. And now, basically, streaming has gone the cable route. <clears throat> what's what's old is new but, again. But streaming actually old. has always had the tears. Yeah. You know, the only one that really hadn't has was Netflix. All the other providers like Peacock and everybody else, they all have. Yeah, but they tiers. all came out pretty much. Most of them came out after Netflix. So so, so they, they kind of started that model because Netflix, you know, Netflix was so successful because they were the only game in town for a while mm -hmm. and they didn't need ads. Mm -hmm. But now they need they're, they're going to do ads. And uh, so basically what's old is new again and what's new is old again. You know, that's why I never got onto the whole streaming bandwagon. Yeah. So streaming is cable I, without all the it, FCC it regulations. It's more expensive, too. If, you th if, you, if For me to get everything that I want to have in order to watch TV the way I do with cable, it would cost, if not the same amount, more than actually having just cable. 
So I just like oh, I'll it, pick and choose. It depends. There's a bunch of that are combined now and stuff like that. Yeah, there's there's going to be a um, more consolidation as it goes along too. I'm yeah. sure. And it'll eventually end up being just one big company where they're all tied in together, kind of like cable. <laughs> I know. Anyway, but it's. Do you have any thoughts on that, Mark? I. I'm just That's frustrated. on TV, on radio? <laughs> I, yes. Really what you should do is stop watching and spending your money there and listen to audio dramas. Use Yay. your imagination. There's, there's, there's different ways they can do it. Like Peacock, they do their commercials like for everything. Is You you have like, a, depending on the movie or TV show, it's anywhere from a minute to two minutes. And it's all right there at the beginning. And then you don't have another commercial for the entirety of... The, the program. Show, the program. <clears throat> Paramount, they do a little differently. They have like a 90 second commercial in the beginning, and then you have like 15 to 45 second commercials, like three of them in the middle of, the, of like an hour long program. So it's actually not too bad. It gives you just enough time to like grab a snack and come back. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so for them to say like limited commercials in less than the most others, like how? I mean, are they only going to do a minute commercial at the beginning? Because that's really the only way that they're going to be less than the other providers, really. Yeah, that's why it's like an air quotes, you know, fewer. So, yeah. It's just Amazon. They just keep raising their prices and raising their prices. Mm-hmm. Well, and them and everybody else. I mean, remember when Netflix used to be uh, mail-in CDs, yep. DVDs? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Pepperidge Farm, remember. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Give me some of that Werther's Old Man candy. I remember when I used to go to Blockbuster. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I remember that, too. Uh, so yeah. Warner Brothers Pictures unveiled its slate of for 2024 with some big films on the way. Well, this, of course, is subject to change. Here are the big releases Warner Brothers Pictures has in store for 2024. March 1st, Dune Part 2. That's going to be a good one. I like the first uh, version of Dune, or the uh, first part one of Dune. I really enjoyed how they did the particle beams, because they actually looked like particle beams. (laughs) Yeah, and the ships were uh, interesting designs, too. I didn't. I never liked that dragonfly thing. That was just goofy, in my opinion. But the the way they did the particle beams was actually really well done, Uh, So, in my opinion. Anyway, uh, March 29th is Mickey 17. Idea what that is, um, so I'll have to see a trailer on that one. Yeah. April twelfth is Godzilla X Kong: The New Empire. There's movie number two uh, that I'll definitely be seeing next year. May twenty fourth is Fairy Furiosa: A Mad Max Saga. You won't be seeing it's a prequel. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, June seventh is The Watchers. I have no idea what that is about. June 28th is Horizon, an American Saga, Chapter 1. No idea what that is about. April 2nd has Trap. Um, I'm assuming it's not going to have Admiral Akbar. Um, Mouse Trap. Trap. It's Mouse Trap, the movie. <laughs> really? No. Okay. <laughs> you never know anymore. They actually said they're going forward with a Monopoly movie. What? They're going forward with a Monopoly movie. And they're doing a remake of Clue also. So it would not surprise me, at the least. Mouse bit. trap. Yeah, actually, yeah. even though I did sound surprised, I just didn't figure it'd be called Trust Trap. Oh no, it's break time. <laughs> <laughs> Last twenty minutes of the show coming up. Don't miss it. Lots of stuff we're going to be talking about. So you got twenty minutes until New Year's anyway. So uh, we'll be talking to you guys here on the flip side of this break. So gotta pay some bills. 
<laughs> Talk to you soon. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show New Year's Eve special. With <laughs> in studio, fully expert Mark Hilton. Hello. <laughs> Hello. So, um, real quick here. Um, any highlights from 2023, guys? Rob? What do you mean by highlights? Um, anything that happened uh, show wise or interconnected that way anything that... special in your life yeah. <laughs> i'm always excited my daughter was on like a travel team this year for derby so that oh, was exciting nice. highlight for this year yay spencer <laughs> well actually, actually the you know early, early this year was when we started hosting the show when you started you know, hosting yeah the show. we started hosting the <laughs> show with you show. yeah co-hosting the <laughs> show with you uh, so that was a lot of fun i mean I, i've i've been a fan since you you know since you introduced me to the show, the last when, and, five and probably, years, yeah. many many moons, yes, and so, so and then you know get, getting involved with uh, ninety seven to now productions, I've you know starting my career as a voice actor because that's that's just been fun, more fun than a human being should be allowed to have. Uh, my first year of being married, I mean, there's been a lot of lot of uh, really great uh, highlights this year. This year's. I actually feel like a grown-up at some point, At some point, kind of. Oh, no. <laughs> can't, <laughs> can't have that. <clears throat> um, I, I think when we went to uh, uh, the Carson Creepy and we're interviewing directors. Oh, that was for, fun. And yeah. uh, the one, <laughs> uh, by the way, we're with Paul Cole. Yeah, we know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the show. That, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Never had that happen before. So, Where are the videos of that? <laughs> Not to put you on the spot or anything. Well, you know that thing I said about uh, you know time procrastination. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it's finding the time to record the voiceover aspects of uh, doing the videos as well because there's a lot of moving parts. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that was a highlight. Um, going to various events. Um, unfortunately, I can't say Ericon was a was a fun experience for me. <laughs> Because yeah. at the time I was suffering from a migraine, yeah, and it just sucked. Mm-hmm. So I was, yeah, so it wasn't the con's fault, but it just happened to be around. I that just time. said it wasn't yeah. enjoyable for me yeah. because I, I I couldn't see straight literally, and it's just mm. unpleasant all the way around. So mm-hmm. you know, the haunted house was cool. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, that yeah, was fun. Yeah, dark corner, uh, the yeah. dark corner haunted house. Um, <laughs> I wish I had the video of the conversation. The uh, <laughs> When we're walking down the hallway and the mm-hmm. poop on your shoe. Oh. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah. Or was it Spencer's shoe? I can't remember. No, it was shoe. his. It was, it was Rob's yeah. shoe. Okay. Yeah, but I, I do, I, I am looking forward to when the, the footage of us going through the haunted house finally comes in where basically it's like we're just kind of all pushing Rob ahead. <laughs> wow. And, oh, and uh, even Eric says, wait, Spencer acting like a grown-up? Yeah, I know. Weird, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, not here, but yeah, somewhere, not here. Yeah. somewhere out there he was acting like a yeah. grown-up last well, year. You know, you know, five minutes a day, you know, I, 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 I space it out. So um, <laughs> since you've been on the show, I haven't uh, delved into any of this stuff, but I might as well now, <clears throat> seeing how next year is the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's up with the, the, the board game? Well, the board game. I'm hoping to be able to do some some more beta beta testing for hopefully even the uh, single player mode next year. But maybe at uh, maybe at Kaboom Com if I can 
talks some space into the people well, running that's, it. That's like nine months from now, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know. But uh, you know, got to got to take time. These things. It takes time to print out the materials and stuff. Okay. You know, because uh, you got to make it look decent. You know, you can't, you can't just bring, put you know pay, colored cardboard out and go here. Play with this. <laughs> and what about the Ophelia Le- novel series? Uh, the Ophelia Legacy. It's uh, I, I'm working more on the spinoff of uh, Divine Intervention, the comic, right now. Unfortunately, it's been hard for me to keep a, an artist. I've also been kind of seeing if I can move it into different formats there as well. Um, but uh, I, I'm working on my first horror novel. It's called uh, The Mange. I, I, I refer to it as my werewolf versus chupacabra story. Werewolf versus? Versus Chupacabra. Okay. Yes. Uh, anybody who puts out a movie of anything of that nature, Spencer gets 10%. Indeed. <laughs> uh, so, and then... Uh, and then I'm looking forward to uh, some more some more voice acting because it's always fun. I mean, I I love just being able to do random accents, silly voices, you know, to, to hold your hands like that, yeah, the, the holding your hands <laughs> because you, you have to be able to do that to get your big superhero. Well, voice. you do anyway. Right? Well, I do. Yes, <laughs> I do. Yes. Well, and that's also a friend of mine who plays in D and D. He does this when he's playing a character, and I just kind of picked up on it. So it's just kind of a weird tech. Added. Okay. M- Mark, I mean, you got to play full with all the kinds of ninety-seven and now stuff. Yeah, and as Spencer's talking, I'm like, you know, we do have a script for Captain Fearless too. I'm like, uh, I guess we're gonna have to do that too at some point this year. <laughs> and you'll just have to deal with that here because you know he's gonna talk about it. So, but yeah, there's just there's so many things. Like I mentioned, we've got Murder by Garlic or the Murder by series, I should say, from the Files of Jack R. Rabbit that we've got 22 episodes that are ready to be produced. We just have to have the time. And it's hard when, you know, Murphy's Inc. is the baby. That's going to be 17 episodes as next year. Oak Bridge is going to be 10 episodes. So that's already 27 episodes to produce just in those two series. That's a half year worth of, you know, if we do weekly releases. Um, You know, Joe Bly, he's an amazing audio wizard, but I, I think there's only so much he can take on so that's where we're getting to a point where we are have to seriously consider expanding you know our talent base so to speak to to bring in more technical help and you know joe is well aware of that and he is looking at potentially hiring staff on his end so wow so lots of growth it sounds like yeah, there are other projects that I am under, you know, NDAs that I can't talk about. Uh, pesky, pesky mm. NDAs. Yes, yes. I'm not Chris Jericho, but I, I definitely, uh, I, I have some NDAs for some things that I can't go into specifics. But if they happen, you know, that they, they would be very large deals that I would hope to be able to break some of that news here. Uh, when I can, and uh, there is a very real possibility of going to San Diego Comic-Con this next year, and not just as 97 and now, but being involved in some of these NDA things. So cool. Excellent. Awesome. And also, you're going to be at the um, uh, uh, Colossus Girl Entertainment's uh, uh, Powerhouse Comic-Con. Powerhouse as well as Silver Age, yep. We'll be at both of those, and we we decided we want to, you know, this last year, we Aricon was our first one and we were like okay we can do this we can handle this let's let's dip our toes in a little bit more so to speak so this next year we're doing powerhouse we're doing silver age we're obviously hosting kaboom con um and there's a couple others that we're 
waiting, such as San Diego Comic Con, so um, WonderCon. Uh, so there's there's some potential for other items, but it's it's getting big, and it's over getting to the point of almost overwhelming because it's not a one man show, but it's pretty close to. <laughs> uh, but a lot of responsibility does rest on your shoulders with everything. Yes, and having a full-time job, a wife, a kid, you know, mm-hmm. trying to handle all of those things. It's, yeah, I I need help. So if anybody out there is interested in not making any money but is passionate about getting involved into this potential industry. Or as a board-certified psychiatrist and can help them out that way. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> uh, so... Um, it's been a while since we had any kind of update on what's his name, the Thor director, uh, Taika Waititi. Thank you. Uh, it's live action adaptation of, of Akira. Many outlets seem to think the project was dead, but that doesn't seem to be the case. During the press tour for his current theatrical release, next goal wins. Waititi uh, offered what uh, to some may be a surprising bit of intel. This live-action take on uh, Katsuru Otomo's original manga and later 1988 anime is being written by novelist Charles Yu and will apparently be taking its cues more from the manga than the iconic film. He says, and I quote, Obviously, I think people who love the film, I want to make sure that they're also, they've also read the books because there's a lot more in the books than there are in the film. Oh, Akira's freaking really? huge. No, yeah. really? I mean, Isn't that usually the way it is? <clears throat> oh, yeah, it's not just like some little six-part manga thing. I mean, this thing is a treasure chest-size mangas. Not 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 one piece, but bit rather huge. Yes. Watiti uh, told Inverse, and some people are very protective over the film, which is not quite the same as the books. So we're drawing a lot from the books. Watiti had been on the docket to direct Akira since 2017. Then in 2019, Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, Appalachian Way was awarded upwards to 18.9 million from Warner Brothers Pictures. To make the film, they were all set to start shooting in California, but the worldwide pan- COVID-19 pandemic kind of put a stop to that. Wakiti left the project indefinitely to shoot Thor Love and Thunder from Marvel Studios, and shortly thereafter, he was confirmed to be writing and directing an untitled Star Wars film. While it does sound like uh, maybe Akira is on the back burner while he plays more in the galaxy far, far away, yeah, it wouldn't surprise anyone. Uh, if it happens first, we'll, we'll uh, I'll of course, let you know what we hear about this and other news. Next Skull Wins, which is based on a true story, is in theaters now. Um, I honestly hope he doesn't do a Star Wars film, quite honestly, because uh, I did not like his direction that he went with uh, Thor in any of the mm-hmm. movies that he directed because mm-hmm. he turned it into stupid comedies. Well, yeah, well, that's kind of the problem with a lot of the Marvel properties in particular. They've really dumbed down their main characters. I didn't well, like the did. direction Brana was taking with it, with it, though. With who? Kenneth Brana. He directed the first Thor movie. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, that was okay because you have to start somewhere. I mean, I didn't I wasn't particularly fond of the first Iron Man. I definitely wasn't fond of the third one or whatever one with the Mandalorian. Yeah, <laughs> the, the Mandarin. Mandal- Mandarin. Mandarin, yes. whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's not the Mandalorian. I, it's not the Mandolin. <laughs> Mandolin. Well, it might as well have been. It wasn't the same person. Yeah, yeah. That that. Oh, my my brother is a big Iron Man fan. He even sided with Iron Man in the Civil War Iron comics. Fan. And <laughs> and even he 
he was miffed when he saw what they did with the Mandarin in, in Iron Man three. Yeah, that was just stupid. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, um, but I, I can't imagine him doing a Star Wars film because it would just end up looking like a very well done Ice Pirates. Quite honestly, was well, stupid. I, I like Ice Pirates, but... <laughs> but Space Herpes. I mean, I know he would throw that in there. He would throw that in. Yeah, there probably somewhere. put him in neon too. Uh, what? <laughs> he has oh, a yeah, thing about yeah, neon colors. Uh, yeah, yes. Well, he's Indian, isn't he? He's New Zealand. He is? Yeah, he's oh. a Kiwi. Yeah. Oh, I see. I always assumed he was just from India because there you always have like really bright yeah. colors and stuff in their films. And, and, yes, if, they do. Don't yeah, you? Care? No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, they don't. No. <laughs> you felt that he just had a very Bollywood uh, aesthetic. Yes, very Bollywood aesthetic. He did. Yeah. Not arguing. <laughs> oh, I was just about to say Toy Sapiens, <laughs> but I couldn't. Oh, well. A lot of stuff left on the floor for the end of the year. Next week, the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show will not only uh, have for you the latest news information and releases from the seven pillars of pop culture entertainment fresh for the new year. We'll also be talking with Emmy Award winning broadcaster, author, and filmmaker Bill Brown. We'll be talking with Bill Brown about his supernatural thrillers, including his latest after the end, his company Lobos Coast Media and its current and upcoming film projects. Thank you all for tuning in tonight, and please continue supporting Pop Culture Kaboom by listening to the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show live every Sunday night. And if you miss any part of the live show or just want to rehear it again, check out the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast produced by 97 and Now Productions on your favorite podcast platform. And not only get this episode, but also previous episodes and some bonus material that'll be coming soon as well. There's another one of those procrastination things I got to work on. Anyway, so subscribe to the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Also, give a like and a follow to Pop Culture Kaboom on Facebook for everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment daily. And subscribe to the Pop Culture Kaboom YouTube channel for videos that will no longer be pro, um, uh, delayed because of uh, procrastination. Interviews from events we have and will be attending. On behalf of our in-studio guest, Mark Helton of 97 and Now Productions, go check them out on the Facebook as well as Murphy's Inc., podcast which is out there and all the other podcasts through 97 to now productions on behalf of them knvc spencer rob and i thank you for your support and tuning in we will talk with you again right here live next sunday 6 to 9 p.m pacific time 9 p.m to 12 a.m eastern time anytime during the week on facebook and via email until next sunday be safe stay healthy have a happy new year especially you on the west coast that are going to be celebrating it in exactly one minute in the east coast did I say East Coast? Yeah, you said West. West. Oh, oops. I got reversed. <laughs> East Coast. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Happy New Year to Year. everybody. And uh, peace out, Wabbits. <laughs> <laughs>